MRN's Classic Races are brought to you by Hercules Tires. MRN Radio presents the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Today, the Hooters 500. Sponsored by Pontiac, the official pace car of NASCAR 22 years running. Pontiac, we are driving excitement by True Value Hardware Stores. Got a tough job to do? You can do it with True Value Hardware Stores. By TransSouth Financial Services. TransSouth for the right loan right now. By Anheuser-Busch. Brewers of Smooth Bush Beer and Easy Drinking Bush Light. And by Unical and your local 76 dealers who invite you to go with the spirit of 76. Good afternoon once again from the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Not an inch of space left in this racetrack. It is jam-packed from top to bottom, infield, grandstand, all the lounges. The pit road, every place else. Everybody here this afternoon for the final race of the 1992 Winston Cup season. Let's take a look at the starting lineup. Back in 41st position, Dave Marcus starts the Southeastern Tech Group Chevrolet. 40th, Eddie Beerswald in the Splitfire Oldsmobile. 39th, Richard Petty, last time in the STP Pontiac. 38th, Mike Wallace in the FDP Brakes Pontiac. 37th, Jimmy Means in the Hurley Limo Ford. 36th, Jimmy Horton in the Active Trucking Chevrolet. 35th will be Chad Little in the Mayflower Ford. 34th, Jimmy Hensley in the Trop Arctic Ford. Starting 33rd, Stanley Smith in the Ameritron Batteries Chevrolet. 32nd, Dale Jarrett in the Interstate Battery Chevrolet. And 31st, Bobby Hillen Jr. in the Wrangler Jeans Ford. 30th starter, Wally Dallenbach Jr. in the Keystone Beer Ford. Harry Gant has the Skull Banded Oldsmobile starting for the last time in 29th. Next year, that becomes a Chevrolet Lumina, again sponsored by Skull. 28th, Bob Schacht has the Pronto Auto Parts Oldsmobile. Bobby Hamilton drives the Country Time Ford in 27th. 26th is Rich Bickle in the Terminal Trucking Company Ford. Mike Waltrip has the Pennzoil Pontiac going from 25th position. In the 24th spot, Darrell Waltrip. That's the Western Auto Chevrolet. Ken Schrader starts 23rd, driving the Kodiak Chevy. 22nd is Ted Musgrave. He's having the Jasper Wide World Maps Ford from that 22nd spot. And 21st in his first Winston Cup start, Jeff Gordon driving for Hendrick Motorsports, the DuPont Paints Chevrolet. 20th, Kyle Petty in the Mellow Yellow Pontiac. 19th, Hut Strickland in the Kellogg's Ford. 18th, Jimmy Spencer in the Ray Bestis Ford. Starting 17th, Davey Allison in the Texaco Haviland Ford. 16th starter, that's Ricky Rudd in the Tide Chevrolet. 15th, Rusty Wallace in the Miller Genuine Draft Pontiac. 14th, Alan Kulwicki in the Hooters Ford. 13th, Lake Speed in the Purex Detergent Ford. Starting 12th, Sterling Marlin in the Maxwell House Coffee Ford. And the 11th position belongs to Bill Elliott in the Budweiser Ford. Now the top 10. 10th is Derek Cope driving the Purelator Chevrolet. Morgan Shepard has the Sitco Ford in the 9th spot. 8th starter will be Jeff Bodine driving the Motorcraft Ford. And the Snickers Ford for Dick Trickle. Good qualifying effort. He'll start 7th. 6th is Terry Labonte. He has the Sunoco Chevrolet in the field today. Ernie Irvin starts 5th. 
driving the Kodak Film Chevrolet. Fourth is Mark Martin in the Valvoline Ford. The third place starter is the outgoing Winston Cup champion Dale Earnhardt, the GM Goodrent Chevrolet. And the front row, Brett Bodine in the Quaker State Ford. And on the pole, we've already heard from the man who was the first to exceed 180 miles an hour for the average speed here in Atlanta, Rick Mast out of Rockbridge Baths, Virginia. The Flash Foods Skull Classic Oldsmobile, 180.183 miles an hour. There is the 41 car starting field as the field now will get the two-to-go signal. As look at this scene, Barney Hall. It's something to see everybody standing, waving their hats wildly. Look at the crews on pit road, Barney. They're all standing, waving and acknowledging Richard Petty, waving to the king as he leads the field now to the stripe to get the two-to-go signal. I don't think we'll ever see a sight like this again in Winston Cup Racing. The attention that is focused on Richard Petty as he leads the field around here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Just about everybody in the place was standing. They rushed up to the fences, and as you said on pit road, you very seldom see that happen in Winston Cup Racing when the crews get that involved in what's going on here today. Right now overhead, those Apache helicopters begin to head off towards the airport behind the speedway. The SeaWorld blimp is hovering overhead. Really is a carnival-like atmosphere as we've got a bit less than two laps to go before the green flag gets this field under full song. Why don't we swing around this mile-and-a-half super speedway and let you hear the voices who will be covering this 328-lap race at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. In turns one and two, Joe Moore of Hampton, Virginia. Thank you, Eli. We've got a spectacular sight over here. Those Apache helicopters are now circling the racetrack, actually pacing the field, flying overhead. The fans going wild here on the back straightaway. Atlanta Motor Speedway, known for the length of the turns as well as the width of the turns. A lot of things can happen from the time you enter turn one to the time you get off of turn two. But since it's so long between these turns, of course, you can keep up tremendous speed. And the car, by the time you get to turn two, has a tendency to want to go up towards the outside retaining wall. And it's a battle sometimes, particularly in heavy traffic, to keep the car down once you get to turn two and make your way onto this back straightaway. Quite a few scrambles here yesterday in the Arca Series race. We expect a lot of action here today as well. And I'll cover the action in turns one and two and onto this back stretch today in the Hooters 500. They are really whistling when they get down to the end of that back stretch and swing up into turn number three. That is a long, long sweeping turn. You can really get into some trouble over there. And to cover the action from Daytona Beach, Florida, Alan Bestwick. Barney, this end of the racetrack, basically a carbon copy of turns one and two to 24 degrees of banking and a half mile from the entrance of turn number three around to the exit of turn number four. The trick to this end of the racetrack is you're driving into the sun. As the sun begins to set later on in the day, the glare on the windshield makes it difficult to know the guy that you're racing alongside just how far from you he is. That adds an extra element of uh, trickery to the drivers as they come through this end of the racetrack later in the day. Another nice touch. Kyle Petty, who qualified in 20th position, just dropped back to the rear of the field to align himself alongside his dad, Richard Petty, for just a moment. As he came by the start-finish line, we couldn't see into the cars quite clearly enough. But the two men, no doubt, just exchanged a quick glance. Kyle then gunned it and got back in line in his 20th starting position as we get set to start. The Hooters 500, and of course today, we've got a final Gillette Halfway Challenge race for 1992. At lap 164, the driver leading it halfway wins $10,000 from Gillette. And one of you folks listening at home could win a Chevrolet Lumina. The details coming up throughout the course of this afternoon's broadcast, the contest void in Louisiana and Minnesota, the final Gillette Halfway Challenge for 1992. 
Elmo Langley driving the pace car as he has all season. It is a white safety car here in Atlanta this weekend. He'll peel away from this 41-car starting field. There is not a person sitting down in this entire racetrack all the way around, ringing the roofs, the pit wall. Every little inch is covered with humanity. The final race of the year and the championship on the line. Here's Barney Hall with the start. Down to the line. Green flag goes in the air as they race off into turn number one. Nobody will get the jump this time exactly like they started door-to-door into the corner. Rick Mast has a fender out in front as they come into turn one. Brett Modine tries to struggle to stay up alongside the outside lane, but he'll fall back just a tad. Mast still has the edge as they exit turn one. Dale Earnhardt grabs third all by himself, racing side-by-side for fourth and fifth. Ernie Irvin and Mark Martin as Rick Mast nudges half a car length out in front of Brett Bodine at the entrance to turn three. Rick Mass comes off the corner. He has the lead. He'll drift up a bit on the banking of 24 degrees. It opens the inside for Brett Bodine. Lap number one, Brett Bodine leads. Mass to second, Dale Earnhardt third, Ernie Irvin fourth. Bodine gets a nose out in front this time. It's Mass to the outside. Bodine breaks loose, slams to the outside wall. Mass involved as well. He hits the wall. Everyone dives to the inside. One car, Greg Sachs slams hard in the Rick Mass car. Also involved, settle of the machines here in turn two. At least seven cars have got a piece of the action going off into turn number one as one car turned sideways, went up the track, and that was Brett Bodine, hit the outside wall, and the entire field running right behind the two front leaders slammed into that thing. About seven cars got a piece of it. Here they come back to the line, three wide at the start-finish line. Dale Earnhardt will lead them across. Let's go back to turn one. Still two cars sitting over here. Brett Bodine's badly damaged Quaker State Ford down to the inside of the track, the front and back ends of that car severely damaged. Also over here, the Hut Strickland Kellogg's machine sent to the inside of the racetrack. Uh, one of the other cars involved was Bob Schacht. He was able to refire and drive away, and also Rick Mast got his car refired and drove off from the scene. Joe, could you tell if either one of the three contenders for the championship had any of that at all? It looked like when they came by here, I didn't see any damage to either one of those cars. No, I think everybody got through safely. Uh, right up front, again, uh, Rick and Brett went to the outside of the racetrack. Most of the cars dove down to the inside, was able to make evasive moves, but it only collected these other two cars, uh, Bob Schacht and the Hut Strickland machine, but I think the title contenders are safe. Rick Mast is on pit road. Let's cover his stop. Well, he's got a lot of damage to the rear section of his car. The spoiler is going to be affected. The left side is uh, smashed in. They're pulling the sheet metal from the left side. That's uh, not going to be the problem. We had a problem yesterday with uh, Craig Rubbright's uh, car when he lost its spoiler. You just can't drive around this racetrack without a spoiler on the back. And Rick Bass is going to have a long day if he continues to race. Of course, also now, Barney, they're running through a lot of debris, a lot of Bondo out on the racetrack, and all of these teams that are going through this will likely, I'm sure, want to come in and check out their Goodyear tires because I dare say, Joe, from the glimpse we got from a goodly distance away, you could just see the debris flying around. They must have uh, picked up a good bit, I'm sure, at this point. It's scattered all over the place here from the entrance to turn two towards the exit of turn two, most of it down towards the bottom of the racetrack. Hutt Strickland has climbed from his Kellogg's car over here. Brett Bodine is still inside the Quaker State Ford, but he is moving around talking to the safety personnel, just now taking his helmet off. He dropped the window net and looks to be uh, moving around. will be climbing out of the car quite shortly, but again, there is a lot of debris, and uh, the track cleanup crew out there already beginning to pick up some of that in turns one and two. That is one of the scariest moments in racing is when the front two or three or four cars have a problem just at the start of the race, even within a lap or two before the field can string out because everybody is running so close. There was a lot of lucky race drivers now. Down there, and a lot of skillful moves made, no question about that, Joe Moore, to keep 
more cars from getting involved than we saw. Yeah, they were so bunched up. You know, the very first lap they come through here, and uh, everybody's right behind the race, the front runners. And uh, luckily, both the cars went up to the outside of the racetrack, and everybody had enough room. We mentioned at the front of the broadcast the fact that this is a wide racetrack throughout the turns as well as on the straightaways, and they did have room to make moves down to the inside to get by, only collecting a couple of cars. Brett Bodine has now climbed out under his own power. Seems to be okay. Gives a signal to the fans here. He's all right. He walked over to the ambulance, and will be taking the mandatory ride to the infield care center. We'll take a short break, and we'll be right back. Citywide to countryside. Whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there, no matter where the road takes you. Go to HerculesTire.com. There, you can find the nearest authorized Hercules retail location to you. Plus, you can use the tire tracker to find out which Hercules tire fits your vehicle the best. That's HerculesTire.com. Hercules Tires. Ride on our strength. Under the first caution flag of the afternoon here at the Hooters 500, the Atlanta Motor Speedway jam-packed to capacity as the repairs and cleanup continue after that multiple car accident that has put, at least for the moment, Hutch Strickland and Brett Bodine definitely out of the event and Rick Mast behind the wall. Extensive repairs still ongoing to the Pennzoil Pontiac while other teams have come down pit road to change tires, fearing that they've run through a lot of debris and Dick Brooks looks as though Michael Waltrip's team has a good bit of work ahead of them yet. Well, I don't know for sure what happened to it unless when he went off the racetrack, he got into something. There doesn't seem to be any mud or dirt or anything on the car, but he's got really some, well, they've been a tie rod. I can see now they've, they've changed the right side uh, drag link or tie rod or what for people to understand what that is. That's the thing that goes from a steering box out to the tire itself and uh, creates a steering thing. It was bent up a little bit, so that was towing the wheels away in. Uh, they get that uh, lined up and get the wheels lined up straight again, and uh, he should be all right. Uh, Wally Dollenbach come in, they changed tires on his car. I don't know if, uh, if he really had a problem with it or not. It didn't see much damage on it. Uh, Rick Massett came by, and they had a little uh, damage up onto the rear of his car, but uh, he's back out on the racetrack. So that brings you up to date on the repairs. You know, with all that has gone on here this weekend at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, we don't want to overlook the fact that one of the most successful crew chiefs in Winston Cup racing is stepping aside following today's event. Kirk Shelmerdine, who has been a crew chief for four Winston Cup championships with Dale Earnhardt and the Richard Childress team, a crew chief for some 44 victories in his career, is stepping aside, says he is getting out of the sport altogether. He's not leaving that team to go to work for someone else. He's just done all he thinks he has to and has the ability to do in Winston Cup racing. Is this kind of a sad weekend for you, Kirk, or is it a relief? Well, I think we all have mixed emotions about it. It's going to be a, a kind of an ending of, of sorts, but it's also going to be a beginning for, for everybody involved. Are you afraid you might wake up one day in February or March and say to yourself, man, I, I just made a mistake. I shouldn't have hung it up? <laughs> well, I'm sure I'm going to miss it. I mean, racing's been a big part of my life for a long time. But uh, I'm, uh, the break is going to be welcome. And, and whether something ever comes back up in the future, uh, who knows, you know. But uh, for right now, I'm going to be happy uh, where I am. I asked Kirk what he would like to do now that he has the choice to pursue anything he knows. He says, all I really know is auto racing. I said, well, maybe might you become a service manager at a car dealership or something like that. What would you like to do? It's hard to say. I've been in a fast lane, if you will, so long. I really don't know what's out there on the other side of the fence. I'm sure there's a lot of opportunities and things that that I'm oblivious of. Uh, We'll have to see. I'm planning on taking a good six months or so off without any kind of plans uh, 
Uh, it never ends up that way, but that, that's what the plan is. The one other question for Kirk Shelmerdine after having worked with that Richard Childress Dale Earnhardt team for so many years is who should replace you? You know the men on that team very well, Kirk. Should they promote from within, or would that team best be led by a crew chief who joins from the outside? I think maybe a little bit of both. I think there's some guys that can have uh, uh, can be kind of moved up and given more responsibility than they've had. Uh, but I think maybe we also need a... Uh, uh, some, some something coming in from outside too, some fresh air, some new blood, if you will. Uh, that, that might help things go along also. A little bit of both. Kirk Shelmerdine, the outgoing crew chief for the GM Goodwrench Chevrolet, doesn't say a whole heck of a lot, Barney, except his work has spoken for him over the years with those four Winston Cup titles. Yeah, it really has. He's one of the quietest people in this business, but one of the hardest working people in this business. His services on that team will sorely be missed, and we'll talk about that as the afternoon goes by. I had a little chance to to spend some time with Richard Childress about what they might be looking at. Right now, we're still under that caution as cleanup efforts continue over in turns one and two. We'll pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. We're back at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. A couple of those cars that were in the accident over there just a moment ago are still on pit road, having some work done on them there. And, uh, Joe Moore, what's cleanup efforts look like over there in turns they, one and two? Barney, they got all the big chunks picked up already in the back of one of the pickup trucks. They've got the uh, jet blower over here, and they're just now dusting off all the stay dry that laid down from the fluid that came out of a couple of those cars. But it uh, looks like in a few minutes we'll be ready to go back to racing over here. And a quick report from Winston Kelly. Winston, you were down near the infield care center when those drivers come in. Did they walk into the infield care center? Yes, they both did. Brett Bodine and Hutch Strickland got out of the same ambulance. Brett stopped and hugged his wife and talked with his team owner, Kenny Bernstein. Hut walked in. Pam Strickland, Hutt's wife, just came jogging by here to get in her personal car, and I hollered at her and asked her if Hutt was okay. She said, Hutt's fine. They're thinking about taking him to local hospital for some routine x-rays, but she said he was all right. So we don't have a report on the extensiveness of, of either one of them's injuries, but they both did walk into the care center under their own power. And by the way, Hutt Strickland is one of those who will be here again tomorrow testing as he begins to test the McDonald's Ford Thunderbird for Junior Johnson and Associates, one of the teams that has rented the Atlanta Motor Speedway for work here tomorrow. Today's broadcast of the Hooters 500 is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by the Atlanta Motor Speedway to MRN Radio solely for the private non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or other use of the description and accounts of this race without the expressed written consent of NASCAR and MRN Radio is prohibited. We went under caution on lap number three. Still, the cleanup continues now at lap number nine of 328 laps. Cindy Sessom has joined us here in the booth. She represents the folks at Gatorade, a major part of NASCAR's uh, family from uh, many years back, the official thirst quencher of NASCAR. And I tell you, you've got some representatives and some proud representatives for the Circle of Champions for 1992. A lot of fine winners this year. Yes, Eli, Eli, that's true. And right now, six of them are in contention. Probably Bill Elliott right now is the only repeat winner for the Gatorade Circle of Champions, but five other will be in contention for the first-time winners. When you talk to the folks from around the country, you've got the Bush Series drivers, the NASCAR Winston All-Pro Series, all of the local tracks. Is the feedback, as we would expect, that the, the local drivers say, hey, it's nice to see a company that deals so closely with Winston Cup also working with us? Actually, it's real exciting. Last week in Nashville at the Winston Racing Series banquet, it was a great opportunity for me to meet many of the drivers as well as the different tracks. We have the 50 Gatorade Nights that are part of the 94 Short Track Series 
degrees. And all of them are real, real excited to have Gatorade as part of the team. What's this year been like for you coming off the LPGA golf circuit and being around golf for all these years, now stepping into Winston Cup racing and the, the NASCAR family? It's certainly a whole lot louder, I know that. It's a lot louder, but the thing that I have to remember, these are races and not tournaments, and golf tournaments are races and not tournaments. So that's the hardest thing for me to remember at the moment. Listen, it's great to see you here again today, and uh, it's been a pleasure having you aboard as part of the NASCAR family from Gatorade this year. We look forward to many more years seeing you around the racetrack. Thanks, Eli, and I hope you all to remember Gatorade is number one in the sports right, beverage Cindy. category. Thank you very much. Indication just given to the field, one lap, and we'll go back. Back at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, green flag just goes in the air. Dale Earnhardt is the leader. Right behind him is a good tussle going on to take it away from him. Ernie Irvin goes after him in turn two. Ernie Irvin looks to the inside but falls back in line. It's Jeff Bodine in third, Terry Labonte fourth, fifth, the side-by-side, Dick Trickle and Derek Cope. Man on the move is Alan Kowicki who bypasses three cars as he comes down the back straightaway. Now he runs up along a side-by-side duel between Sterling Marlin and Bill Elliott. Has to fall back in line. Kowicki is running tenth. Those cars work to the outside of the racetrack while Dick Trickle occupies the inside groove. The front four having pulled away now by just about a second and a half from fifth place runner Derek Cope. Twelve laps complete. They're back in turn one. First side-by-side battle back for the seventh spot. Bill Elliott works the outside lane with Dick Trickle down low. Alan Kowicki also there on the outside right behind Elliott. Here comes Kowicki diving down and trying to pick up the spot. Kowicki's going to pick up the eighth spot as Dick Trickle fades back on the inside. Now Kowicki looks down to the inside of Bill Elliott who's running seventh. There are about five car lengths back behind Derek Cope and Morgan Shepard. Both Kowicki and Bill Elliott want to get out of that pack of traffic, get up there and find a little running room all by themselves if they possibly can, while Davey Allison is still locked up in a heavy pack of traffic, working back into turn number one. Close battle for the lead, a couple of car lengths between first and second in turn two. Ernie Irvin still rides right behind the Earnhardt car, then it's Jeff Bodine, some five car lengths back. Bodine is third, fourth is Terry Labonte, then a good 15, 20 car lengths to fifth place Derek Cope. Morgan Shepard is sixth, Alan Kowicki and Bill Elliott are side by side for seventh and eighth with Sterling Marlin, ninth and Rusty Wallace, tenth. Running in the 11th spot now is Jimmy Spencer ahead of 12th place, running Lake Speed. Davey Allison is 13th, 14th is Kyle Petty, Jeff Gordon is 15th, 16th now Ted Musgrave, then Dick Trickle in 17th spot, followed by Darren. Cofield side by side, rather single file, except for that one side by side battle with Darrell Walter trying to pick up the spot to the outside of Ken Schrader. He now moves up alongside Dick Trickle for 17th. And a little bit farther ahead, Alan Kowicki looks once again underneath Bill Elliott for the seventh spot. Can't get it, falls back in line, single file. Now has to defend a challenge from Sterling Marlin. Sterling Marlin trying to put a move on, move up another notch closer to the front. He'll tuck back in single file. 15 laps are complete from the Atlanta Motor Speedway. This is MRN Radio. On lap number 17 here in Atlanta, a new leader in the Hooters 500. Ernie Irvin having made the move around Dale Earnhardt to grab the lead. Earnhardt is in second spot. Jeff Bodine still holding third. Ahead of Terry Labonte fourth and Sterling Marlin in fifth. Close call moments ago for Morgan Shepard and others working through three and four near Alan Bestwick. Shepard had some troubles keeping his car on the low side of the racetrack when he was racing underneath Derek Cope. The car slipped up. He bounced off Cope and they were right in front of a group of five or six cars, all of which had to take advantage of action. Everybody's continued away, but Shepard has fallen back a number of spots. Atlanta's one of those racetracks you find out real quick if you've hit the handle on the car where it will stick at the bottom of the speedway. If it starts kicking up, you're going to lose some positions or the car can get away from you real easy. We're working lap 18. 
of 328 this afternoon of the Hooters 500. The leader is Ernie Irvin. Dale Earnhardt's put a move on him a couple of times and has got as close as maybe a foot off his rear bumper. That's about all he can do. And now Irvin will pull away by four car lengths at the start-finish line. Meanwhile, Jeff Bodine is reeling in the front two, getting a little bit closer to him in turn one. Bodine's doing more good work here on Earnhardt than Earnhardt is on Ernie Irvin. Bodine's shutting it down to about a two-car length separation. He looks back. Terry Labonte's right behind him. It's a full two seconds. Back to the fifth-place battle. That's Sterling Marlin and Rusty Wallace. And that's a pretty good one as Wallace tries to find a way around Marlin and running right behind Rusty is Bill Elliott. Then it's about five, six car lengths back to a side-by-side race where Ricky Rudd goes underneath of Derek Cope in turn three. Also a 12th place battle now. Jimmy Spencer going high in the turn three banking. It opens the inside for Davey Allison, Kyle Petty, and Jeff Gordon along with Lake Speed watching from right behind. This one brings back some great memories of races here, races at Michigan, races on the Winston Cup circuit where there's just almost too much to watch with so many stories unfolding this afternoon. Lap 20, the leaders are in turn three. And the side-by-side races for sixth spot as Bill Elliott tries to move up one underneath of Sterling Marlin at the end of the back straightaway. The two Fords going side by side. Marlin's hanging tough on the outside. That's been a good battle for the last two laps around. High on the outside comes Sterling out of the corner, down to the bottom of the racetrack as they work out of the turn. This time, Elliott will try to get in behind him, just ride the draft back into turn number one. Let's see if we can get a report from the two drivers that went to the infield care center just a moment ago. Winston Kelly. Brett Bodine is still in the care center, and they're still checking him out. Hutch Strickland has come out and been loaded aboard one of the Atlanta South Hospital ambulances here, and they're going to take him to the hospital. The, one of the crew members told me that he was all right to walk around and move around, but was complaining that his neck was stiff, and since he touched, took such a hard hit, they were going to take him for, for some x-rays, so it's a little bit premature to give a final condition report on Hutch Strickland, still waiting on some word from uh, from the team of Brett Bodine. Here comes out of the infield care center, Kenny Bernstein. Let's see if we can get a quick comment from Kenny to see what the problem is. Kenny? Kenny, have you talked to Brett yet? Yeah, he's okay. He's uh, He got hit in the head pretty good. He's knocked a little goofy. But they're going to take him to the hospital just to check him out. But the doctors here say he's going to be fine. That's the word from Kenny Bernstein, who's the team owner on Brett Bodine's team. Brett really took a shot into that wall down there. And it also could affect the plans tomorrow to, to uh, start testing right away for the Junior Johnson team with Hutt Strickland. They had planned to stay over, as Eli said a moment ago, and do some testing here tomorrow. We'll kind of have to wait and see how that works out as the day goes by. 23 laps are complete. Ernie Irvin is leader. Dale Earnhardt rides second. Hanging right in there in third and getting a little bit closer every time around is Jeff Bodine. They said yesterday afternoon they had one of the quickest cars in that final practice session. Terry Labonte rides fourth. He's about a second and a half behind. Then it's Rusty Wallace, Sterling Marlin, and Bill Elliott. That's the way they ride as they work back to turn one. Those front seven cars pretty well spaced out, except for the battle for the second spot. Again, Bodine closes in on Dale Earnhardt. Further back in the back, Alan Kowicki just picked up ninth on the last lap, driving down to the inside of Ricky Rudd and getting by. And now Bill Elliott's challenging Sterling Marlin again to the outside for sixth. And this will be a challenge for Elliott on his strong suit. He's not been able to make the car work down to the bottom of the racetrack when he tried to pass Sterling there. Now he's gotten the momentum going on the outside and blows by Marlin at the entrance to three. At the same time, Davey Allison makes an inside move against Jimmy Spencer, grabs a spot going in at turn number three. Then at the head of that pack, it's Derek Cope taking the pure later Chevrolet to the inside of Alan Kowicki. They'll battle for position back in one. Side by side going to turn one, but Alan Kowicki drives it a little bit harder in the outside lane, gets a nose out in front, put off turn two. Here's Derek Cope looking up down low. He'll slide by. Derek Cope will be in the eighth position. Kowicki will 
will be ninth. Then Ricky Rudd will be tenth. Davey Allison is eleventh. Side by side for twelfth and thirteenth. Kyle Petty on the inside. Jimmy Spencer on the outside. And the three drivers that are locked up for the Winston Cup Championship, realistically, they have a shot to win it here this afternoon. All knew when they went into the race, they're going to have to run about as hard as they can. There's nothing to stroke along with the, the differential in points. It is so close. You've got to have a good finish. You've got to stay at the front of the pack. Alan Kowicki has been very aggressive in the early going. So has Davey Allison, and so has Bill Elliott. 26 laps are complete. We'll be back. When an ask. Welcome back, everyone. We are live at the Atlanta Motor Speedway MRN Radio with live coverage of the season finale for the NASCAR Winston Cup Series, the Hooters 500, the final race of his illustrious career for Richard Petty, and also the day when Winston Cup Racing will crown its 1992 champion among one of six drivers who entered this event with a mathematical chance to win. Brett Bodine was the very first leader for about a lap and a half before an accident put him out of the event. Dale Earnhardt led for the next 13 laps, and now it is Ernie Irvin taking over the lead until Earnhardt comes challenging back. And here at the stripe on lap 32, Earnhardt regains the lead and heads back into turn number one. Earnhardt swings high, going up the banking to get around Ernie Irvin. Now down to the inside, Jeff Bodine takes a stab at it, looks there for a moment. He decides better, falls back in line, but we do have a new leader. Over about the last five laps, Earnhardt had moved from running the bottom of the race track and turns three and four to the top trying to see if his car would do any better up there that's where he's running now that's got him back in the lead Dale Earnhardt's been a little quiet this season so to speak and he told me yesterday he said if there's any way we can win this thing Sunday afternoon we're going to do it Richard Childress said the same thing he said if that motor is as good as I think it is and our car is hooked up like we're capable of doing here you're going to see the old Earnhardt and the old Goodwrench team out front like we did a couple of years ago remember when he came here and we talked about very seldom do you see a car hooked up like he had it a couple of times in Atlanta. He might be getting close to that combination today, but Ernie Irvin is able to hang right with him, and so is Jeff Bodine. It's three and six-tenths seconds back to the fourth-place car of Rusty Wallace, who runs all alone by himself. About another second back behind Rusty. That's Terry Labonte as they work out of turn number four and back into the front straightaway. Let's go down to Jim Phillips. We're with Rick Mast in the pit area. Rick, you're behind the wall. A tough break. What happened? Well, Jim... You know, the first lap of the race, I was on the outside, outside of the 26 car going in the first turn. And next thing I know, I get hit. You know, I tried to step high to get everybody room. Uh, I'm not sure. Somebody said that somebody run into the 26 and that knocked it into me. Kind of a chain reaction deal. You know, it's the same that happened to the car. And, you know, only, I only went through two turns, but the car felt awfully good. You know, I guess we look forward to Daytona now. So a very dejected Rick Massett's in the seat of his car as they work on the left front hub. They're replacing it. They have taken away most of the back quarter panel, but they do have the spoiler up to where the car will be stable if they can get it back on the racetrack, and they're working feverishly to do that right now. You really have to feel for Rick Bast, Eli, after having the qualifying run here to put the car on the pole with a record speed all pumped up, and they really needed a good run in the last, what, four or five races. That team, you can see a lot of progress and then have that happen to him in the early going here this afternoon. That's a shame. And on top of everything else, his accomplishments of earlier this weekend have been somewhat overshadowed. What with the celebration of Richard Petty's great career and the chase of the Winston Cup championship, it was almost an, oh, yeah, by the way, Rick Mast won the pole kind of situation, and that's unfortunate for that team because they have worked hard. 
Good pack of traffic heading back into turn number one, including the Winston Cup point leader. That's from 11th on back. Derek Cope racing alongside Kyle Petty right behind him. The Mark Martin car. Davey Allison trails Jeff Gordon. They now fall into single file on turn two. And next in line will be Ken Schrader. Also running in that group are Lake Speed and Morgan Shepard, Dale Jarrett, Darrell Waltrip, Harry Gant bringing up the rear of that second pack of cars. And already the leaders are going to catch the tail end of the field and start lapping some machines as they work back into turns one and two. Bypassing already the Eddie Beerswall car, Jimmy Horton. Horton and the Bob Shack car swinging wide to the outside. Earnhardt leads the pack onto the back straightaway. Ernie Irvin still about two car lengths off of Earnhardt's back bumper. Another three car lengths back to Jeff Bodine. Pretty good distance back to Rusty Wallace in fourth. And Bill Elliott has just bypassed Terry Labonte to take over fifth. Back at that pack of 11th place on back. We saw some good heads up racing seconds ago from Mark Martin, who going through turn four, thought about making it three wide for just a moment and said, heck, we're only at lap 38 of 328. There's no need to force the issue. He backed off while he thought he might have had a chance to make that Valvoline Ford work to the inside. Just tuning in, 38 laps are complete. We've had just one caution flag brought out by a multiple car accident in turn number one on the second lap of the day. Average speed is still low at this point, some 112.296 miles an hour by virtue of that extended caution flag with the cleanup that was underway. The Unical Challenge was on the line today. $15,200 was up for grabs for pole sitter Rick Mast had he gone on to win the Hooters 500, but obviously with his first lap accident, that will not be today. So the Unical Challenge would roll over to the Daytona 500 by STP to open up speed weeks of 93. It'll be up to $22,800 when we all convene on the beach in early February. Here's the leader out of turn number four, back down to the line. Dale Earnhardt takes him down toward turn number one, and he's about to catch Richard Petty over in turn two. Earnhardt drives in all alone up into the corner. Turn number one, taking the outside lane. That's where Petty rides as well. Right behind him, Ernie Irvin dropping down low, and Jeff O'Nine falls back a little further, losing contact with the front two for a while. And Terry Labonte beginning to fall back off of fifth place Bill Elliott. Labonte had been running a close third just about 15 laps ago. Now he's in danger of losing the sixth position as Alan Kowicki closes on him. Those cars work themselves off turn number four and back to the stripe. Here comes Dale Earnhardt, the race leader now, closing in on the king. Richard Petty moves to the inside, making sure the STP Pontiac does not hold up the cars leading the event. Richard Petty goes a lap down on the 41st revolution of the Hooters 500. 45 laps complete in the Hooters 500. Dale Earnhardt is the race leader with Ernie Irvin now closing in again in second spot. Earnhardt led from laps 3 through 16. Reassumed the lead at lap 32. Now Irvin is there again as they come off turn number 4. Nose to tail those front two. Then three car lanes further back. Jeff Bodine holding a tight third. They're back in one. Front trio climbing the banking in turn 1. Sliding up, closing in on some more lap traffic directly ahead. Irvin takes a little bit lower line than does Earnhardt but falls right in behind him. Follows his tire tracks again off turn two and onto the back stretch Earnhardt's car has been sliding higher and higher and higher on the racetrack with each succeeding lap now here goes Irvin down to the bottom he's going to try and put a move on Earnhardt for the lead off of four that's the place that Ernie Irvin has been strong is through three and four every time Earnhardt gets a little bit higher Ernie tries to dive underneath him it doesn't work this time he was up alongside right at the quarter panel there for just a second 
Front three go back into turn one. Earnhardt still leads the way by a car length and a half over Ernie Irvin. This time Irvin as well takes that high line. Jeff Bodine, the one taking the lower line down to the inside of the racetrack. The 3-0 now moves in on slower traffic on the back stretch. First car they'll encounter will be the Jimmy Means machine. Rich Bickle is also there as well as Stanley Smith. Those three cars go to the bottom of the speedway. Earnhardt and Irvin head up high. They'll all go to the high side here at lap number 47, holding their positions. Running in third spot is Jeff Bodine within a car length and a half, all the way back to fourth place. Rusty Wallace now. Bill Elliott is broken free. He's in fifth. Alan Kowicki sixth. Labonte runs seventh. Eighth belongs to Ricky Rudd. Those cars coming off the corner with ninth place further back to Mark Martin. Feeling a challenge from Sterling Marlin. They're running ninth and tenth with 11th being held by Kyle Petty. Davey Allison is in 12th. Here they come, single file back into the corner, except that sixth place battle. Mark Martin finally wins it over Sterling Marlin using the inside lane. He'll advance, pick up that spot. They'll go single file. And they'll begin to move to the outside of some lap traffic as they come down the back straightaway. The Mike Wallace car will be there as well as Jimmy Horton. Horton's machine got a little sheet metal damage in that lap two accident. He's moving down to the bottom of the speedway. And already we're beginning to see a lot of cars climb the banking in both ends of this racetrack down in the west end in turns three and four and down in one and two, Joe Moore. They're getting higher and higher every time around. Well, certainly the race leader, Dale Earnhardt, starting off the race, was hooked up right down to the bottom of the racetrack. He finally decided the car would run better in the outside lane. That's how he got the lead, and now he's starting to use that on a regular basis. Ernie Irvin looks like he's discovered it's the best way to get around as well. He's using the outside lane, too. At this stage of the day, Davey Allison still holding an eight-point lead on Alan Kulwicki in the Winston Cup points, the way they're running on the racetrack right now. And if you're just joining us, none of the contenders, the serious contenders for the Winston Cup point championship has led a lap here this afternoon. So none of those men have picked up the five bonus points for leading a single lap. 50 laps on the board now as they head back off to the corner. There's Dale Earnhardt still nose to tail with Ernie Irvin running to the high side of the racetrack. Jeff Bodine still working down low. He's in third. Let's check in the garage area again with Winston Kelly. Talk to Donnie Richardson, who's the crew chief and brother-in-law of Brett Bodine. And Donnie said that Brett took a pretty good lick to the head, and they were going to take him to the local hospital to do a CAT scan and check everything out. Said he had a bit of memory loss. But uh, we're going to take him to the hospital and do a CAT scan on Brett Bodine. Well, that's the situation there. Now, three cars are out of the event here this afternoon. Brett Bodine's car involved in the accident down in turns one and two. Hut Strickland's car in it also. Both those have gone behind the wall. Rick Mast also got a piece of that action. And Rick's car continues to sit behind the pit wall as they're trying to work on it and get him back into the event here this afternoon. But an awful lot of damage to his car. And... Uh, all they can hope for is maybe to get it repaired and get him back out there and pick up a few Winston Cup points. 52 laps are complete. Jim Phillips, what are we looking at for that first round of pit stops if this race stays green? Between 60 and 65 laps, Barney, is uh, for the normal gas mileage car. It should be the, not the spectrum today, about the same as we had yesterday. Talked to uh, three or four crew chiefs, all said between 60 and 65 laps. Probably teams will be pretty conservative uh, the first time they do stop. So look, start fitting about lap 60. Davy Allison trying to move up a notch. He has just moved around. Sterling Marlin uh, over in the back straightaway to move a little bit closer to the front. The point leaders right now pretty well strung out. And as we said a moment ago, Eli, nobody's going to be able to stroke here today. They're going to have to race just as hard as they can. 
And if somebody has a problem, I kind of agree with what Junior Johnson said. You were not here yesterday, but we did a piece of tape with Junior, and he said the championship may come down to just who has a lot of good luck here today, and it could. And that could happen, but the drivers, if you talk to them, will tell you they like to settle it this way. Sure, I'm sure somebody would love to be up by 100 points and be done with it, but they say let's go out and all race for it instead of just having to finish 35th or better, something like that. And that's the way the posture has been here all weekend long in Atlanta. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Welcome back, everyone. We are live at the Atlanta Motor Speedway as Jeff Bodine grabs second place away from Ernie Irvin now with Dale Earnhardt continuing to lead the Hooters 500. Alongside Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. The average speed, 124.352 miles an hour. 38 of the 41 starters continue to run while 28 of those 38 cars are still on the lead lap. Just that one caution flag very early in the day for that multiple car accident that slowed us for nine laps with Dale Earnhardt as the race leader having led 39 of the 55 laps run thus far. Today's Hooters 500 on MRN Radio is sponsored by Food Lion, America's fastest growing supermarket, by Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR, by STP Oil Treatment, Gas Treatment, Fuel Injector Cleaner, and Son of a Gun Protectant, by Gatorade Sports Drink for that deep down body thirst. And by Planners Nuts. Eat Planners. Everybody loves a racing nut. Welcome back to Atlanta Motor Speedway. When things happen, they happen in a hurry. Teams may have just run out of fuel. Dale Earnhardt slowed on the racetrack. Derek Cope slowed on the racetrack. There were mechanical problems, apparently, for Bobby Hillman and one for Stanley Smith, while Dale, Jared, and Kyle Petty are also pitting. Let's cover the Dale Earnhardt pit stop. Dale Earnhardt is out of gas. They come in, they're ch- changing the right side tires. They're going to change all four tires and fill it up with gasoline. But Earnhardt stretched it a one lap too many. They're getting ready to pit Ernie Irvin. The Budmore team is uh, poised for their pit stop. Yeah, Dick Brooks. Well, Bobby Hillen ran out of gas. was his problem, I think, because uh, about the same time Earnhardt did. I don't think they had any problem with the car. They just uh, got to get gas in it. They put tires on the car and sent him back out. Winston Kelly. Stanley Smith is in, and the crew has the hood up on the car. They've got a belt that has come loose on the car, so they'll probably have to take it behind the wall. Bobby Hamilton is in for Trouble off turn two. Michael Walter loots his car, slams into the outside wall, spins it around about halfway down the back straightaway. Michael so, Walter is skidding all the way down the back stretch. He's out against the outside wall. Caution is on the speedway. This is going to be a break for a lot of drivers and a bad break for others. Let's go back to Joe Moore. Michael kept the car out of the way of oncoming traffic. It first looped around as it came off turn two. Could have cut a tire down. Then suddenly kind of broke loose the back intact the wall. He spun around once against the outside wall. Then crossed the line of traffic down to the inside. Again, everybody able to get by. And Michael now has refired the car. He's over in turn number three on the apron of the speedway. A lot of damage to the car, Alan Bestwick. Well, the uh, left front tire is flat, Barney, uh, as is the left rear tire. Something is possibly broken in the front suspension besides that tire because the car is literally setting down on the air dam, and he's dragging that around the racetrack as he tries to get back to the pits. Michael Waltrip limping down pit road. We're seeing some other pit stops also right now as uh, several of the cars were in just a moment ago. 
These are routine stops. These are schedule stops that would be coming up, some coming under green, and that caution coming out is going to change the complexion of this race real quick. Now, Bill Elliott has led these last couple of laps, so Bill will get the five points bonus for leading at least one lap. None of the three serious Winston Cup point contenders have pitted yet, so neither Bill Elliott nor Alan Kowicki nor Davey Allison have made a pit stop. Meanwhile, the crew from the Mayflower Ford for Chad Little pushing that car past you, Dick Brooks. They finally got it to fire a few hundred yards from where they started pushing. Yeah, they pushed a long ways. Uh, it wouldn't fire at all. They finally got the thing fired off, and it went away. A lot of these guys went out of gas. I think that uh, this was a little unexpected for some of these guys. They uh, expected to get a couple more laps, and uh, they just didn't make it. Here's Bill Elliott bringing his car down pit road. Alan Kowicki comes in right behind him. Ricky Rudd, Mark Martin, Davey Allison is in. Morgan Shepard, Harry Gant, Darrell Waltrip is in. Kenny Schrader brings his car in. It looks like about the entire tail end of the field now will elect to come into pit road. Let's cover some of those stops. Dick Brooks. Well, uh, Sterling Marlin comes in. As they get ready to do four tires with his car, and they're going to get him all the gas that anything needs. Uh, Kenny Schrader's in and doing the same thing as Harry Gant. Putting on four tires on all these guys. They're going to uh, get them gassed up and let them go. Uh, Jim Phillips down the other end. Well, the Elliott crew finished their work. They're going to lead the parade off the pit lane. Morgan Shepard getting service. Four tires. Mark Martin is in. Alan Kowicki is in. Ricky Rudd. They're all beating Davey Allison out as they try to work on the rear quarter panel, but they don't do anything to it this time. And now Allison leaves the pit. Sterling Martin leaves the pit area. All these routine stops, four tires and gasoline. Winston Kelly. Four tires for Wally Dahlenbach. Jimmy Hensley also getting four tires. Two tires for Bobby Hamilton. He was in when the caution flag came out. He came back in and got two right side tires. Work still going on on the Stanley Smith car and several of the other cars on this end of pit road, a lap or more down. So they'll be coming in this time around. So the pit stops here at lap number 65, taking advantage of the second caution flag of the afternoon when Michael Waltrip spun the Pennzoil Pontiac coming out of turn number two. That is not the posture that the gentleman who joins us in the booth wanted to see that Pontiac. Michael Kane from Pontiac Motorsports was looking on as uh, young Mr. Waltrip had his problems. I'll tell you something. There uh, must not be anybody in Pontiac, Michigan. The whole world from Pontiac is down here helping the King celebrate his final race. Well, that's true, Eli. We have uh, Al Schlesinger, our general sales manager, down here. We have Dwight Logie, the assistant uh, for this area. And we have quite a few of the dealers from the Atlanta area with us. This area, obviously, a very fertile one as far as Pontiac is concerned. And motorsports, the people here, as we can see by the turnout, just love the sport and what this facility has done. It is. uh, We, of course, had that big concert last night with Alabama saluting Richard and everything, and we gave the tickets out, 2,200 tickets in this area in about 24 hours. Let's talk about this fan appreciation tour before we let you go. Now that uh, it's all but over, this is the final day of this uh, celebration of a great career. Uh, What's been the feedback from Pontiac's side and the talks you've had privately for Richard? He's got to be flabbergasted at the turnout and the affection that he's seen. I had a few minutes with Richard this morning. He was uh, all alone in the bus with me, and he was very emotional. It finally hit him that this was his last ride, and he wasn't going to get ready for a race any longer. Yeah, it's going to be a big change. Michael, great to see you, and uh, we'll chat again throughout the off season. We'll bring the fans up to speed when we talk again in February down at Speedweeks. Thank you very much. Take care. Michael Kane from Pontiac Motorsports with us here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. And one more lap here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. We'll be back to green flag racing. Rick Mast has returned after repairs to the Skoll Classic Oldsmobile. He is 63 laps down in 39th position, but back on the racetrack. 
course, the leader is Bill Elliott. And Bill, along with others, now trying to sort their correct position out. There's still three wide behind Elmo Langley in the safety car. The question that I'm sure some of the drivers have is when that caution flag came out, some had pitted, some didn't. Who's on the lead lap? Who's on the tail end of the lead lap? Who's a lap down? And the drivers are trying to sort it out themselves as best they can uh, on the push-comes-to-shove method out there on the racetrack right now. I'm not, I'm not real sure what's going to happen on this. They can't, they're more than likely, if they stay three wide going through th- uh, turns three and four over there, NASCAR very likely will not go racing. That's exactly the case right now. The caution is going to come back out. I would think Bill Elliott has to, well, he is a leader, but he's got to have guys ahead of him who'd be on the tail end of the lead lap. Uh, and I'm not presuming to know exactly how many at this very second. But uh, Bill Elliott, who leads the race, but he won't be at the very front. There have got to be men who are ahead of Bill on the tail end of the lead lap. And NASCAR now is going to uh, make sure they double-check everything because uh, they don't want everybody to have any uh, disadvantage or wrong placement here. But it's clear someone will have to be ahead of Elliott, although Bill is the leader. The others will be on the tail end of that lead lap. I'm sure they're going to argue that, hey, we're leading this race. We should be at the front of the pack. But the situation, the way they came out of the pits, the way the caution flag came out, I'm sure NASCAR is going to end up lining up the cars that are on the tail end of the lead lap directly ahead of Bill Elliott and Alan Kowicki and Ricky Rudd and the other cars that got the benefit of being on the racetrack when the caution came out and making their pit stop. Now they're getting it sorted out just a little bit better in that back straightaway, Joe Moore, but it looks like uh, a big parking lot out there for a second. It's pretty unusual looking as Elliott went to the outside and Earnhardt didn't want him to be there. They just about scrubbed the wall here beneath me as he exited turn two, but finally looks like Elliott's fallen in line over there in front of Alan Bestwick. Well, actually still a little bumping and bouncing going on. Elliott's trying to fall in behind Ernie Irvin and in front of Jeff Bodine, and Bodine is saying, no, you don't belong here. The next car back, Terry Labonte, is snug right up on Bodine's back bumper, so Elliott and Alan Kowicki are kind of hanging out up by the wall in uh, in the dustman's land trying to find where they belong in line. The way, the way I figure it, Barney, and again, uh, we're not going to presume what NASCAR will do here, but Bill Elliott's got to be somewhere around Jeff Gordon's car Double-checking our numbers up here as to who pitted when and where. Bill Elliott and the Budweiser Ford will be the race leader still, but he's going to have about seven or eight or nine guys ahead of him, which would put him somewhere around the Jeff Gordon machine or something in that vicinity, and they now give him one to go again. So everybody's going to... uh, get back into position here. Well, the situation is going to be pretty much what we said. The cars on the tail end of the lead lap very likely are going to be ahead of the leaders when they put them back under green. Now they're beginning to sort it out and getting two by two over in turns one and two. Meanwhile, Darrell Waltrip will make a pit stop. So will Dave Marcus and Michael Waltrip. Let's go to Dick Brooks. Well, Darrell Waltrip came in and didn't like his right side tires. He thought he might be having one uh, go down. So he came in and changed those. Michael Waltrip just come back in for a little bit of adjustment. Later on in today's broadcast of the Hooters 500, the folks at Western Auto, who are the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR, will select for the final time this year the Mechanic of the Race Award winner, that mechanic getting $1,000 from Western Auto. And the ways things are shaken down right now, Tony Glover, the crew chief for Ernie Irvin, is in prime position to win $25,000 as the season-ending award winner at the banquet in New York City coming up in early December. So all of that will be unfolding here later. Later today in the final 
of this Western Auto Mechanic of the Race contest. And now everybody is settled in. They do have a number of cars, some six or so, ahead of Bill Elliott, who is the race leader. Alan Kulwicki runs in second. Ricky Rudd third. Mark Martin is fourth. And Harry Gant fifth. But again, those cars are seventh on back on the racetrack as we go back to green. And Davey Allison will be back there in seventh place. Now the cars are on the tail end of the lead lap when they get the green takeoff. Dale Earnhardt leads that pack into turn number one. He's not the leader of the race, but he's on the tail end of the lead lap. Ernie Irvin's right there trying to do away with Earnhardt. Derek Cope also in that pack as Elliott follows the Dale Jarrett car. Now making the move is Ricky Rudd. He goes to work on Alan Kowicki in a battle for second. And everybody beginning to fall in line. Single file on the outside of the racetrack. Kyle Petty not on the lead lap. Falls in in front of Terry Labonte as Bill Elliott moves to the outside of Lake Speed's car. He'll work through the corner and still in the midst of race traffic. Bill Elliott is the race leader, though he's about ninth in line right now. He's got Alan Kowicki behind him. Then the Ricky Rudd car. They'll pick their way through traffic if they can back in one. Lake Speed's directly ahead of the race leader. He'll hold the inside line, so Elliott climbs the banking in turn number two. He'll swing around on the outside, taking along Alan Kowicki and Ricky Rudd. All those cars running single file on the outside of the racetrack at the head of the pack. Ernie Irvin sweeps around Dale Earnhardt. Those drivers hoping for a caution to come back around and rejoin the tail end of the field. But that's the best race on the speedway between Ernie Irvin and Dale Earnhardt. It's not for the lead as they race door to door. They're ahead of the leader, Bill Elliott, as they work back into turn number one. But they're going at it like this is the last lap, and they're running for the win. Side by side, back into turn one. Ernie Irvin holding the inside line. Earnhardt again swinging wide up the banking. Irvin again pulls even with Earnhardt off turn two. And a challenge for the lead on the back straightaway. Alan Kulwicki ducks down to the inside of Bill Elliott. Elliott already having the laps led bonus points. Kulwicki wants him, tries to put a move on Elliott at the bottom of three. Can't do it. Now he's got to protect second from Ricky Rudd. And actually the last time by, Kulwicki led the lap by inches. So Alan Kulwicki has gotten the five-point bonus. He led lap number 73, though it is the 11 car for Bill Elliott who leads lap 74. They're back in one. Elliott sees an opening down on the inside of Derek Cope. He'll slide down there. Kulwicki also forced to take the inside line. Ricky Rudd following Kulwicki in the third spot. Those cars moving around. Derek Cope's machine who slid into the outside. Mark Martin is running fourth now. He's down to the inside of Jeff Gordon's car as they work turns three and four. And a lot of critical traffic back there where some of the points uh, drivers are running in that traffic. They would like to break out of that, get back up toward the front of the pack, get a little clean air to run with. Davey Allison is one of those cars, sandwiched him behind about seven or eight going off into turn one. Davey's trying to get by the Harry Gant car. He's directly ahead and Gant's having to choose his line. Richard Petty and Lake Speed are racing side by side directly ahead of them. They'll go single file working to the inside lane. And at the head of the pack, here comes Ernie Irvin once again sweeping underneath of Dale Earnhardt into turn number three. Jeff Bodine's going to try and follow him through. That battle shaping up on the racetrack is for 15th and 16th position. Although it's at the head of that pack of traffic, remember again, those men are on the tail end of the lead lap battling for 15th with the race leader continuing to be Bill Elliott. At the Atlanta Motor Speedway, we are 80 laps into the Hooters 500. A good battle for the lead in turn three. Alan Kowicki tries one more time to get underneath of Bill Elliott at the entrance to the corner. Can't quite make it stick. Elliott goes back out front. Bill Elliott and Alan Kowicki racing each other just about as hard as you can for the last five or six laps around. Again, Kowicki goes after Elliott at the start-finish line. He is there, door-to-door, off into turn one. That's why they came into turn one last lap, and again, Elliott came out on top. Let's see what happens now. It'll be a three-way battle. Mark Martin tries to go underneath Alan Kowicki. A three-way battle for the lead. Now Martin is going to fall back in line behind Kowicki, choosing not to take that chance this early in the race, but Kowicki one more time draws up alongside Elliott, this time at the entrance to three. He and Elliott 
Elliott run way up the racetrack, and Martin dives low. 19 cars on the lead lap, but everybody is watching the three in the middle battling for the lead. Here they come back to the stripe. Elliott holds off the challenge of Mark Martin, who'll take second spot. Alan Kowicki settles back into third as one car slows here on the main straightaway. Has a problem. Bob Shack out of Lombard, Illinois, will slow here on the main straightaway and coast to the apron of the racetrack in turn number one. It'll be a serious question here as to whether he can get around or at least find one of the ex- escape roads or access roads and get off the track. I don't believe he's going to make it, Joe Moore. No, he pulls down to the inside of the racetrack and the car comes to a halt on the apron of the racetrack. He's out of harm's way, but he is there on the edge of the track. Bob Shack was one of those cars involved in the early accident down in turns one and two, and that's where the car will come to rest on the apron of the speedway just going into turn number one. And it looks like caution may be coming out onto the racetrack as the NASCAR officials take a look at it, give him a quick second to see if he can get it fired. He's not in any immediate danger, but they just simply cannot let him sit there. Caution is out. So caution on the speedway for the third time this afternoon as Bob Schacht's automobile has come to a a stop on the racetrack. So here's how it shakes down. Mark Martin is the race leader now in the Valvoline Ford, taking a five-point bonus with Bill Elliott running second and Alan Kulwicki running third. Fourth place, Ricky Rudd. Davey Allison is fifth. Sixth is Jimmy Spencer. Harry Gantz, seventh. Eighth is Ken Schrader. Sterling Marlin is ninth. And tenth is Dick Trickle. In 11th now, Jimmy Hensley. Twelfth is Morgan Shepard. Wally Dallenbach, 13th, with 14th belonging to Daryl Waltrip and Ted Musgrave in 15th. 16th is Ernie Irvin, 17th spot is Jeff Bodine, 18th Terry Labonte, and 19th Rusty Wallace. Those 19 cars are on the lead lap. In 20th position is Kyle Petty, 21st is Lake Speed, 22nd now is Jeff Gordon with Dale Jarrett in 23rd. Richard Petty runs 24th, Chad Little is in 25th spot, 26th is Dave Marcus, Bobby Hamilton is posted in 27th, 28th is Jimmy Means, Rich Bickle is 20th. 29th and 30th is Jimmy Horton. 31st is Dale Earnhardt. Those cars are one lap down. Now two laps down and 32nd is Bobby Hillen. Also two laps down, 33rd Michael Waltrip. Two laps down and 34th is Eddie Beerswall. Three laps down and 35th is Derek Cope. Also three laps down and 36th position is Mike Wallace. Then further behind, you'll have cars that have spent some time behind the wall or in the instance of Bob Schacht currently being pushed around the racetrack. And all of a sudden, Pitt Road is a busy place. Mark Martin is in. He's the first one in the leader of the race. They're changing the right side tires. They're swinging around the left side now to get those left side tires as Morgan Shepard is in. Bill Elliott is in. They're changing left side tires on his machine right now. Davey Allison swings out of the pits. He gets the advantage on the field as he comes out of the pits first. They change the right side tires on his car. Peeling in is Rusty Wallace for service. He gets his tires. Elliott leaves the pit area. Alan Kowicki's got service. He's back on the speedway right now. Dick Brooks. Well, Darrell Wallet come in, the same thing, four tires. I think all those guys are taking four tires. Ted Musgrove, uh, Ted Musgrave came in, Sterling Marlin, uh, Ken Schrader. Harry Gant came in, got four tires. Uh, Wally Dallenbach came in and got another adjustment on his car, trying to get the thing where it'll run, where it'll run like he wants it to go. They got him fueled up and back on. Winston Kelly. 
Wally Dahlenbach came in and got four tires and gasoline. A gas-and-go stop only for Jimmy Hensley, that team trying to pick up some track position. Four tires and gasoline for the country time entry of Bobby Hamilton. Bob Shack came in under the caution. The car did refire, and they sent it back out on the track. They're not sure exactly what happened. The crew has talked with Bob, but the car just cut out on him. The motor was skipping on him, cut out on him. They did get it pushed off. Now a lot of the cars who are a lap or more down are coming in to make their pit stops, the STP Pontiac crew preparing to bring in Richard Petty, the crew I'm sure just as emotional as Richard, as they're pitting the STP Pontiac for the right last time with Richard Petty aboard. Kerry Lawrence, Scott Eggleston, Lance Hill, Randy Cox, and David Walker going to work on the Pontiac. Dale Jarrett in for service along with Mike Wallace. Rich Bickle comes in. These cars getting four tires and gasoline along with Jimmy Horton. Chad Little and Jimmy Means, all these cars getting four tires and gasoline. And the second wave of traffic, the cars that were a lap down now are in the pits. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Atlanta Motor Speedway. We're just sitting here during the commercial talking among ourselves, saying, what are we going to do next Sunday? There's no racetrack to go to because this, of course, is the final Winston Cup race of 1992. But we're, of course, not wrapping up our broadcast schedule here this week. And MRN will be on the air with our special broadcast, The Road to the Winston Cup, as part of the NASCAR Awards Night broadcast from the Waldorf Astoria Grand Ballroom in New York City. That's on Friday night, December the 4th. Our broadcast will begin at 8 o'clock Eastern time. So we'd love for you to join us as the Winston Cup champion is crowned on that evening. Of course, the ticket offices are open now at many of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series tracks, making their plans for 1993. As a matter of fact, today, the ticket office and visitor center at Daytona International Speedway is open to make your plans for Speed Week 93. It all begins on the 7th of February with the Bush Clash and the ARCA 200, a Bush Clash that will have 15 drivers in it in 1993. Then on Thursday, the 11th of February, the Gatorade Twin 125s, the Goodies 300 on the 13th of February, February and the Daytona 500 by STP on the 14th of February. Of course, tickets also available now at the North Carolina Motor Speedway in Rockingham. They've got the Bush Grand National Series and the Winston Cup cars in the Goodwrench 200 and 500 scheduled Saturday, February 27th and Sunday, February 28th at the Rock. So it's not too soon to make your plans for the 1993 Winston Cup season. We'll pause 10 seconds on MRN radio for station identification. We're all set to go back to green. Davey Allison is the leader. Jimmy Hensley is poised in the number two spot as they come down to the line. Mark Martin will be third. Fourth is Harry Gant. Fifth is Bill Elliott. And Elliott tries an outside move on Harry Gant at the start-finish line as they race off into turn one. Meanwhile, Davey Allison gets a good jump on Jimmy Hensley as he leads him back off into turn number one. Hensley looks down to the inside. Mark Martin moves up on him. He'll take the inside line. Harry Gant goes to the outside, pulling up alongside lap traffic. Mark Martin will now be second. Hensley will be third. Harry Gant falls in line fourth single file, then fifth place Bill Elliott and Alan Kowicki. They're running on the outside of Dave Marcus in turn four. For a moment, Kyle Petty tried to get his Pontiac ahead of Davey Allison and get back on the tail end of the lead lap, but out of turn number four, Allison will try and beat the challenge back to the line and does by inches. They're back in turn one. This time Kyle has a fender out in front, or at least a bumper in front of Davey Allison, but Allison pulls even again coming up on in turn number two. It's Mark Martin looking for room down at the inside of the racetrack. He sees Kyle Petty tries to go underneath him. Challenge for the lead on the back straight away. Mark Martin drawing up alongside Davey Allison. Kyle Petty has cleared Allison's car. Here is Mark Martin back out in front in turn four. Mark Martin has been one of the strongest cars as the C 
season winds down on the Winston Cup circuit. When he's had it hooked up at the last four or five racetracks, he has been tough to deal with. He just swept around Davey Allison and pulls him off into the corner. Good scramble going on from third on back. Harry Gant down to the inside of the track trying to think of a spot. He's got some lap traffic to deal with there. Bill Elliott further back trying to get by the Dale Jarrett car. Got a good race going on further back. Ricky Rudd working on lap traffic. And Dale Earnhardt diving down to the inside of Rudd on the back straightaway. Going to force Rudd up in behind Jimmy Hensley's car. And Earnhardt takes the low groove to move around Ricky Rudd and Hensley in turn three. So the cars sort themselves out here on this restart. As working back on the high side of the racetrack, Morgan Shepard has some problems in the Sitco Ford. The Wood Brothers machine slows coming down the back straightaway and up into the corners. And here he comes back towards the start-finish line, running at a slower pace than everyone else. It's been a pretty good weekend for the Wood Brothers thus far, but not uh, at this very moment. Matter of fact, uh, Eddie Wood's daughter, Jordan, was named uh, one of the finalists in the beauty pageant that they held up in that area yesterday. So they were looking forward for all sorts of good things. But Morgan Shepard's car not running as strongly now as they would have liked here at lap number 92. Give Davey Allison all the credit in the world. He is running to win this championship, not taking any unnecessary chances, but racing about as aggressive as we have seen him all season long. He's back in one. Davey got by the Kyle Petty car. Mark Martin did get by Kyle Petty a couple of laps ago, so Kyle backed down a lap. But Davey now has cleared that car. He sets his sights at the race leader, Mark Martin. And he's about two car lengths off of Martin's back bumper, then the Kyle Petty lap machine before you get to third place, Harrigan, and a good scramble for fourth between Kowicki and Elliott. Those cars trying to work themselves in close quarters. Elliott has the high side covered. Kowicki yielding the low side for the moment. Now comes Charge right back. There's trouble here on the main straightaway as Kenny Schrader and Dick Trickle get together. Both men impact the inside retaining wall. Other cars are involved. Wally Dallenbach spins. There's a flash of flame as the cars continue towards turn number one. Richard Petty, one of those, a lot of flames out of the SDP Pontiac. It spins down to the inside of the track on the grassy apron. The flames now extinguished. The car comes to a rest. Two other cars closer to the front straightaway also involved. Wally Dallenbach, one of those. It looked like it all started just coming out of turn number four when Kenny Schrader and Dick Trickle might have touched a little bit. Both cars turned around. Schrader's out of his car already. Climbs over the pit wall. Dick Trickle, those two cars, hit this inside pit wall, slid some 12 or 1,500 feet. Both those cars have come to rest here at the entrance to pit road or the exit of pit road, I should say. Meanwhile, Wally Dahlenbach is sitting down there and also Richard Petty's car is on the apron down in front of Joe Moore. A lot of damage on Darrell Waltrip's Western Island Chevrolet. He has refired it and driven away. Rich Bickle with a lot of damage on the right and the front of his car. He, too, has fired up his car and drives off. A lot of smoke still coming out of the STP Pontiac. Richard Petty, as he dropped out of the inside of the track, I got a lot of flames out of the car. Safety personnel all the way over there to tend to Richard. The hood is up. The wrecker is there, and he has now climbed out of the car. And actually, the car came to a stop directly at that safety truck and ambulance and fire crew. That's where Richard Petty's car ended up spinning. Let's go back to pit road. We got Kenny Schrader here. Kenny, first, you all right? Yeah, we're fine. I just, uh, I, I hung a left to get underneath uh, Jarrett, and Tricky had a nose up in there, and, uh, you know, I, I thought I'd get a little bit of room. It just, just caught me a little bit. One of them things, get everybody racing close. So Kenny Schrader's out of it here this afternoon. Again, the cars that are going to be involved, Daryl Waltrip, Rich Bickle was involved in it, Dick Trickle is involved in it, Richard Petty is, and, of course, Kenny Schrader, the other car you heard just a moment ago as he climbed over the wall there. Here's Daryl Waltrip bringing the Western Auto machine to his pit, and there is damage to the rear and damage to the front of that car. Dick Brooks? Well, you've got the only spot over there of any clean uh, part of his car. Everything on this side, front and rear is tore up. He's got a badly damaged car. They'll... Uh, they may get him back in, but they're going to have to do a lot of work on it. The front end was all out of tow, and uh, 
uh, they're going to have to do some uh, a lot of sheet metal work. Jim Phillips. Morgan Shepard's in the pits now, Barney. Uh, he's got a broken shock mount on the right rear of his car. Uh, Jeff Bodine has been in. Uh, Ernie Irvin has been in the pits on this end of pit road. Some routine stops. We've got a couple of things. Uh, one thing we need to point out. On the first pit stop this afternoon, when Alan Kowicki came in the pits, when he shifted to go out of the pits, he lost first gear. So he does not have first gear now, and it could handicap him if we have a race off the pit road late in the race. Winston Kelly. Jimmy Hensley came in, made a routine four-tire pit stop, as did Bobby Hamilton. Jimmy Martin, who's the team manager on the STP Pontiac, came by and said Richard did talk to him. He said he believes he's okay. It is preliminary to give a report on Richard, but he is out of the car and did talk to Jimmy Martin and some of the rest of the crew on the radio headset. I tell you, when you come off that fourth corner, this uh, front straightaway looks fairly wide when you're down on the racetrack walking to the pits and back up to the tower where we are. But when things happen and cars start skittering around, there's not much maneuvering room. And you come out of that turn running so fast, well over 185 miles an hour, that there's just no place to go. I can't believe there were not more cars involved in that than there were because about two-thirds of the field went right through that accident. Again, Darrell Waltrip has severe damage to his car. Rich Bickle was involved in the accident. Dick Trickle's car severely damaged. Richard Petty's car apparently will be out for the day down in turn number one there was quite a bit of fire under it but Richard is out and apparently all right we'll check further on that as quickly as we can Kenny Schrader climbed from his car looks like it will be through for the day also and also Wally Dollenbach's car the other machine now that sits down they have yet to go over and pick up that car Wally out of the car also meanwhile some more pit stops Jim Phillips Derek Cope is in. They're working uh, on the right side, uh, tow-in on his car, uh, cleaning the windshield, filling it up with gasoline. Rusty Wallace is in. He's getting uh, service on his Pontiac. They dropped the jack on the left side, and Morgan Shepard is coming in. Morgan Shepard, his last trip in, they changed the right rear shock on Morgan Shepard's car. Yeah, the good news for the fans who are following this battle for the Winston Cup Championship, it looks like, as the field heads over into turn number three, Alan Bestwick, that none of the top contenders for the point championship had any part of that. They were ahead of it, it looked like. Yeah, they were all ahead of that when it happened behind them, Barney. The thing that I was kind of concerned about is while they were racing back around to the flag, Kyle Petty was trying to get his lap back from Mark Martin and Davey Allison and was really pushing hard up off of turn number four, but uh, not able to get his lap back. He backed off and allowed all the leaders to slow and try and get the around the accident scene without hitting any of the debris that some of those cars left in the front stretch we're still under caution and will be it'll take some time to clean up all the debris and pieces of metal and everything else that got on this racetrack here in the front straightaway here's richard petty's stp pontiac not the way he wanted to end his career here this afternoon hooked up to the wrecker and heading back to the garage area richard got a pretty good lick to the front end of that car quite a bit of damage to it as they tow it into the garage and again hopefully we'll be able to get a word with him as quickly as we can and give you a report on what the situation is with Richard Petty. But the day will end for him right now. Go ahead, Dick. Barney, Wally Dollenbach just uh, came back into his pits. Uh, Wally, first of all, are you okay? Yeah, we're okay. Uh, a little t- tough day for us. Uh, our car was working great, and uh, we just had a uh, – in turn one, we got hit in the back, and it got turned us around, and it seemed like we got through that okay. And then uh, this last time, I don't really know what happened. We tried getting it slowed down, and, you know, it had a bunch of guys behind us, and uh, – pretty tough for uh, Keystone and Planters today. Uh, be back next year, right? What's that? I said it'll be another year, right? Yeah, we're looking forward to next year. It's been a good year this year, and uh, we're ready to go get them next year. Well, that team's slowly coming around. It's just uh, misfortune here today. I'll tell you, he's talking about how wide that front straightaway is, Barney. I was in a wreck over there one time. You know, three cars uh, end-to-end will, will cover that straightaway. So uh, 150, 60 miles an hour, you coming down through there. 
and guys turning around backwards and bouncing off each other and all the dust and the sheet metal. They went by me right just outside the pit row there with all the sheet metal stuff flying. It really gets narrow in there. And it really gets scary. Give a call to Kenny Schrader and Dick Trickle. Both those guys uh, kept those cars against the wall. You could see them sawing the steering wheel back and forth, trying to keep them against that inside pit wall and keep it under some semblance of running in a straight line. That probably kept it from going right back out in the middle of the racetrack and collecting some more cars. We'll take a break, and we'll be back. Here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, cleanup continuing on lap number 95 when the accident occurred. We're now at lap number 100, a multi-car accident, sending among others Ken Schrader, Dick Trickle, Wally Dallenbach, and Richard Petty to the garage area. Dick Trickle now walking towards the infield care center, Winston Kelly. Yes, he's walking in, and the, uh, the press center folks have asked us to let him get in there and go get checked out, as we do with all the drivers that come in. Richard Petty is also being taken to the infield care center, but understand that he is okay, and we hope to get a word with the king in just a few moments. He uh, just goes into the care center, so obviously if, if you hear us saying he is walking around, apparently he's all right. It's a mandatory uh, NASCAR policy that the drivers involved in an accident do go to the infield care center just for a precautionary measure. So uh, we'll try to get a word with some of those drivers as quickly as we can. Tom Chambers has just walked into the booth here, longtime president of Goodies Manufacturing, the Goodies Headache Powders and Extra Strength Tablets that are so much a part of this sport. And for a lot of fellows again today, Tom, it's great to see you. It's like everybody else. We've seen so many folks who love racing, who've been involved for so many years. You announced your retirement earlier in the year, but as expected, you're here today with everybody else to see how this one unfolds. You couldn't miss Richard's last race. You know, it's just so great uh, career and then to see it end so suddenly but uh, that's the way life is and Richard will be back next year as an owner and it'll be just as popular as him. You guys had a great relationship with Richard Petty as a product spokesman over the years. We really have. I guess we're so fortunate that we went to Richard uh, some 12 years ago and said we'd like for you to make commercials for us and he said that'd be great. said I've always taken goodies and I'll be glad to do ads for you because I believe in the product. Tom, you have to be proud of what Goodies has accomplished and helped get accomplished with the Bush Series and with Winston Cup and just racing in general. Well, it is. I tell you, this is the greatest sport in, in, I think, ever. And all these fans are hard to believe. Uh, you see here today, uh, just as far as you can see people, and it's just, uh, we're just, again, so fortunate to have gotten in on the early stages of it, and we've grown with it, and it's been great for business. Well, you guys have done a heck of a job, and you deserve a pat on the back, and we certainly give it to you here in the booth this afternoon. Well, thank you, Barney and Eli, and I just want to say as I've stepped down, it's been so good to be a part with all these fans and the people, and I'll always remember racing and be a part of it from now on. Well, you're going to be around the racetrack. I know you're too much of a racing fan to stay away. Once it's in your blood, you don't get it out. That's true. Well, come on by and visit any time, Tom. We'd love to see you. Tom Chambers from Goodies Manufacturing, a big, big friend to this sport. Let's go back downstairs as the field gets the one-to-go signal. Well, Eli, I'm just going to say Tom Chambers has been a good friend to racing, all right. Goodies have been. I stayed in the infield last night, first time in about 20 years. Uh, somebody must have done that years ago with goodies and found out how many headaches there were the next morning after staying in the infield on a Saturday night. They picked a good place to be. <laughs> There are a few headaches sometimes after a Saturday night at the Speedway. The field just given the indication a minute ago, one lap, and we will go back to green. 
So uh, they've got all everything cleaned up here in the front straightaway. All the debris is off the racetrack, and we're ready to get back down to business. We're just about 62 laps away from halfway here in the Hooters 500. Don't forget the Gillette Halfway Challenge is on the line today. The driver leading at halfway wins $10,000. And one of you folks at home could win a new Chevrolet or be an instant winner of Gillette Halfway bonus prize. All of this brought to you by Right Guard and a Perspirant and Deodorant and the Sensor Shaving System. So, again, if you've entered the Gillette Halfway Challenge and you're in is selected. Should we call you back after halfway and can tell us who the leader was at the halfway point? You will win a Chevrolet Lumina Z34. Let's go to the pits real quick. Well, Marty, things happened. They happened here in Atlanta. The reason Dick Trickle didn't get in the ambulance uh, a while ago was the ambulance driver got out. He locked the keys in the ambulance and locked it up, and he couldn't get in. So finally, he had to knock the back glass out to even remove it off the racetrack. So that's the reason he didn't get getting the ambulance when it was down there. What a day. What a day. 102 laps are on the board. Pace car behind the pit wall. Here they come down to the line. Mark Martin is the leader as the green flag goes back out. He sets sail down in turn number one. Davey Allison rides second. Dale Earnhardt's there racing to get back on the tail end of the lead lap. Earnhardt's underneath. Mark Martin coming into turn one. And by the time they reach turn two, Earnhardt swings around, gets in front of the race leader. There's Davey Allison falling in line in second. Harry Gannon third, battling with slower traffic. Earnhardt, uh, Martin, and Allison have all cleared the inside line of cars a lap down. Second, make that third place man. Harry Gant is racing on the outside of Bobby Hamilton in turn four. Other cars trying to work their way through traffic. Ernie Urban in a close call high side of the racetrack with Kyle Petty. They'll sort themselves out cleanly. They'll come by start finish. Still on pit road. The Western Auto Chevrolet. A lot of work going on there as Darrell Waltrip sits and watches the field go by. And at the same time, Dale Earnhardt having gotten around Mark Martin. So he is on the tail end of the lead lap now. The Tail end of the lead lap. Lead cars move into turn number three. It's Mark Martin, five car lengths over Davey Allison, about ten back to Bill Elliott, uh, Harrigan, and Alan Kulwicki. Something has happened to Kyle Petty's car. Everybody's driving underneath him, and every time they go into the corner, Kyle slows up. He almost got tapped by Ernie Irvin just a moment ago. We might have our pit reporters check and find out if Kyle has some kind of a problem. He is certainly off the pace, still running pretty good in the straightaway, but in the corner, a lot of cars were able to get around him just a moment ago. Out of turn number two and down the back straightaway, it is Mark Martin, the leader. Davey Allison rides second, racing just as hard as he can here this afternoon to win the Winston Cup championship. Harry Gant, who always runs pretty good here at Atlanta, hangs in there in third as they come through the corner. Bill Elliott rides fourth as they work out of the turn. Right behind Elliott is Alan Kowicki, and both Allison and, I guess, Bill Elliott, we talked to all those guys, the guy that they felt like would be the man to beat here. Barney, be Barney, Kowicki. go ahead. Barney, we've caught up with Richard Petty. Richard, first of all, it was a fiery crash. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm okay. Uh, just a bunch, of, a bunch of wrecking went on down there, and we'd run in the back of somebody, and what it did, it busted the cooler, and when it busted the cooler, throwed oil on the headers, and the thing caught on fire. Well, it's been a long, great career. It's awful hard to think about everything looking back. What are your immediate thoughts after the final time out of the STP Pontiac? Well, it's just one of them deals where it's been a downer as far as racing this year, but it's been an upper as far as fan appreciation situation. And, uh, you know, I hate to go out, but if you're going out, I guess you go out in a blaze of gory. This wasn't the way I really meant to go out. There's so many memories, Richard, and I know it's hard to pick out one, but are there any things that stick out in your mind as being one of the best for the 35 years? Well, you know, I, I guess just being here, being able to survive, running 35 years, and I'm still talking to you, so that's the best memories I've got. You've given so much to the fans. You said some things last night to share with our radio audience about the fans. Your final thoughts that you'd like to give to the fans as you leave the sport as a driver? Well, you know, just I've said it again and again, I guess, that, you know, the fans are what made Richard Petty. They're, they're making everything. They, they're giving us all a job, and, 
you know, the big deal is I've been doing it 35 years. I've enjoyed every minute of it, and so has a lot of other people, and that, that makes me feel good. That I've got a successful career, and somebody else had a lot of fun watching me do it. There's nobody that has given as much to their sport, to the fans, as anybody since the first time he rolled onto the circuit back around 1957. He got out of the car then with a smile, got out of the car out of the, with a smile every time he would win or when he would lose. There's never been a greater ambassador to any sport, and it just won't be the same next year as King Richard Petty hangs up his helmet as a driver. Well, it's not like we're going to lose him forever, that's for sure. He'll be back as a car owner. Meanwhile, a good scramble going on over in turn number three. Mark Martin is caught. Dale Earnhardt and is trying to put him back one lap down again. Here's Mark Martin working the low side of the racetrack as the leader. Davey Allison is second, Harry Gant third, running a goodly distance back. Martin can't dispose of Earnhardt, who for the moment stays on the tail end of the lead lap at lap 110. Those two cars go single file. Meanwhile, the battle shapes up for the fourth spot. Elliott goes to the outside of Alan Kowicki. They were side by side going into turn one. Kowicki gets a fender out in front. While that happens, Harry Gant takes a shot at the lead for Davey Allison. Harry Gant couldn't get the second spot away from Allison. He'll fall back into third. Now Kowicki one more time to the bottom. Bottom side of Bill Elliott for fourth. Won't be able to get it. He'll fall back to fifth. Tell you one thing, no matter how this thing comes out, nobody's going to waltz into the Winston Cup Championship. Davey Allison is running the wheels off his car. Alan Kowicki and Bill Elliott going at it tooth and nail, door to door for fourth place. They've been racing hard for the last five laps around here. 111 laps are on the board. We'll be back. At the Atlanta Motor Speedway, 115 laps are complete, 328 making up the distance in the Hooters 500 here today. Mark Martin is the race leader. He has led 28 laps this afternoon. We've had four caution flags for 29 laps with 15 cars still on the lead lap. And of the 41 cars that began the afternoon, 34 are still running. Average speed currently 112.415 miles an hour. If you're just joining us along the way, we'll tell you that the three serious contenders for the Winston Cup Championship, the top three men, have all led at least one lap. So Kowicki, Elliott, and Allison have all picked up the five bonus points. They are still on an even plane as far as that is concerned here at lap 117. A lot of money at stake uh, between second place as far as the Winston Cup uh, point standings at the end of the season there. And that's uh, very close, what, 10 points between Allison uh, Alan Kowicki and Bill Elliott as they came into the race there. Right. I think that's one of the reasons they are certainly racing so hard here this afternoon. Right now, Kowicki trying to move underneath Harry Gant in turn three. This will be a race for the third position. Kowicki's got the bottom, but Gant is hanging tough on the outside. Harry Gant in that Oldsmobile working the high side of the racetrack. Not feeling a total 100%. Harry's been bothered by a bit of a chest cold earlier in the week. He was kind of croaking along in the infield as we tried to talk to him the other day. He sounded very, very hoarse and husky, but he said, it's not going to bother my driving, and it's not now as he comes out of turn number two, heading down the back straightaway. Harry Gant has lost that position to Alan Kowicki, and Ricky Rudd has also gotten by, so put Kowicki up into the fourth spot. Rudd will be fifth. Harry Gant will slip back to sixth, and he'll feel a challenge immediately from Ernie Irvin. Ernie Irvin has had one of the better cars here today. He's had to overcome uh, adversity a couple of times, got shuffled back in the pack. Had to work his way out of some of the lap traffic earlier today. Had to drive around a couple of those accidents, but the car is still working extremely well for him. Ernie likes this racetrack, and he said we may just close out the season with a win here. Wasn't it last uh, 
the last race here last year that Mark Martin kind of dusted the field, I believe, if memory serves me right. I didn't even look back through the book this morning, but I think he did. Exactly. Uh, well, dusting at the end wasn't really the story. He only won by about 18 and a half inches, but he did have a uh, comfortable edge throughout the better part of the day. Right now, out of the turn number four area, good battle between Ricky Rudd, Alan Kowicki in the middle, and Davey Allison to the outside. Those cars battling for third, fourth, and fifth spot. They'll settle it among themselves in turn one. Davey's slowing a bit. He's lost several spots. Uh, last lap through turn one, he lost a position to Bill Elliott. Kowicki's gone by Ricky Rudd, and now Ernie Irvin has moved by. Now Davey falls in line behind Ernie Irvin. Allison goes from second to now the sixth position in the course of about two laps. Davey falls in between Ernie Irvin and Jeff Bodine, and Bodine is going to take a look on Allison off of four. Watching Davey Allison's car very close as he comes through the corner. He appears to be running well, but not as well as he did a little bit earlier. This time, Jeff Bodine won't be able to get around him, whatever it was. Now he's back up to speed. Let's follow him back into turn one. Again, Allison has fallen back to the sixth position. He looks directly behind him and sees another challenger there in the form of Jeff Bodine. Harry Gann also stacks up in line. Allison seems to be up to speed. He's fallen in single file now behind Ernie Irvin. While all this racing has been going on from second on back, Mark Martin has stretched out his advantage in the lead now. He's moved a good distance away from new second place man Elliott. Let's give you a rundown here. Mark Martin and Elliott, then Alan Kowicki, Ricky Rudd, Davey Allison, and Ernie Irvin, your top six. Jeff Bodine holding the seventh spot after leading earlier in the afternoon. Eighth place now is Harry Gant. Ninth belongs to Jimmy Spencer. A good run again for him. And tenth is Sterling Marlin. Eleventh is Labonte. Twelfth now Rusty Wallace. Ahead of thirteenth, Ted Musgrave. Fourteenth, Jimmy Hensley. And fifteenth, Dale Earnhardt. Those fifteen cars on the lead lap. Sixteenth, one lap down is Lake Speed. Seventeenth, Jeff Gordon. Eighteenth is Kyle Petty. Bobby Hamilton is 19th and Dale Jarrett 20th. 21st is Chad Little. Jimmy Means is 22nd. 23rd, Dave Marcus. Running in the 24th spot now is Jimmy Horton and 25th, Michael Waltrip. Bobby Hillen runs 26th ahead of Eddie Beerswall, who's in 27th. 28th now is Derek Cope. Morgan Shepard, 29th. And running in the 30th position is Mike Wallace. 31st is Daryl Waltrip. He's some nine laps back. In 32nd position is uh, Bob Schacht. Other cars are already in the garage area as we have had a fairly significant attrition rate. Hutch Strickland and Brett Bodine exited early after an accident. Ken Schrader and Dick Trickle exited with an accident problem. Likewise, Wally Dallenbach, Richard Petty, and Rich Bickle, Jr. 127 laps on the board, 328 making up the distance in the Hooters 500. This racetrack measuring at 1.522 miles around, hence that unusual 328-lap measurement for the 500 miles here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. When we left you on a commercial break before, it was 1.56 seconds. The lead for Mark Martin over the second-place battle with Bill Elliott running there. What's it down to now, Mark? 1.3. They are definitely catching the leader right now, Mark Martin, as they work around this racetrack couple of cars drafted together like they are right now going to run him down a little bit better anyway because Mark doesn't have anybody that close by to draft on as he works out of turn number four and comes down to the line. Here comes Bill Elliott just a little less than 1.2 seconds behind him this time. Alan Kowicki rides third. Ricky Rudd is fourth. They head back to one. All single file taking the outside lane getting around some slower traffic looking further back in the fifth spot will be Ernie Irvin now behind him in sixth is Davey Allison Jeff Bodine rides at the seventh spot Bodine works some traffic off turn two Jimmy Spencer on the move as well was running 10 
10th just a couple of laps ago. He's bypassed both Sterling Marlin and Harry Gant to move up to the 8th spot. Gant has faded back to ninth, and Marlin is a distant 10th. You know, he's having a good run, and it's kind of unfortunate he got caught up in that early caution as far as when the caution flag flew in regard to pit stops is Lake Speed. He's running right now with Davey Allison and Jeff Bodine in a tight draft, running as well as anyone. He is the first car one lap down, the Purex detergent Ford Thunderbird, running very, very well here today, but unfortunately he got caught early on the pit lane and made an early stop, then the caution came out and it cost him a lap. Right now at lap 130, the lead still belonging to Mark Martin. We're in the early stages, early to mid-stages of the Hooters 500, closing in on halfway before much longer. We'll pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. We're back at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. A moment ago, we said Davy Allison had lost several spots. Jim Phillips was up in the pits. They got a problem on the car. Jim, what happened? Uh, the car does not want to turn coming off the corner. It's tight to what they call tight coming off. And Davey's having to saw on the steering wheel quite a bit. But another thing, too, the last time uh, everybody pitted, Davy Allison only took on two tires instead of four, so he could get out of the pits first and lead a lap to get the five bonus points. Davy Allison right now is back up to speed in the straightaway. Doesn't seem to be having any problems at all now in the corner. Car not really working like it was a little bit earlier this afternoon, but he's still got a good, strong run going. At this very moment, Davy Allison is up by 15 points on Alan Kulwicki and by 20 on Bill Elliott. Again, the Winston Cup point battle is going right down to the finish here. All three of those men have already led at least one lap to get those five bonus points. Eli, there's trouble for the fourth-place car. Ricky Rudd is slowed coming down the back straightaway and pulled down to the inside of the racetrack two through turns three and four, and Rudd is off the pace. Ricky Rudd came by, not up to speed at all, as he's over in front of Joe Moore right now. Car comes back into turn number one, holding the inside lane, and again it has slowed substantially as Rudd makes his way onto the back straightaway. Now he pulls back up from the bottom of the racetrack to the high side, back into the racing groove, so whatever the problems were for Rudd, maybe they were momentary, but he's lost a considerable bit of ground from where he was a lap ago. Yeah, the car was way off the pace when it came off turn number four and went through three and four a moment ago in here in the straightaway. As it got back into one and two, it seemed to come back up to full power, and Ricky Rudd right now running about what he was a little bit earlier. Approaching the halfway point here before too much longer, 134 laps are on the scoreboard. Mark Martin continues to lead Bill Elliott and Alan Kowicki. And this championship, as we said, whoever wins it's certainly going to have to earn it here this afternoon the way the top three-point contenders have been going at it. Roger Baer has stepped into the booth. He is one of the uh, premier marketing and public relations men on the Winston Cup circuit. He is also a man who over the years has been uh, building part, a building block of MRN radio. And I think you ever think in the early days, Rods, number one, that we'd be sitting in these nice facilities and sharing a speedway with, what, 120, 130,000 fans or so on an afternoon? This is an absolutely magnificent day for racing, and, and it was a great day to see Richard Petty in his final race. And I never dreamed that we'd be sitting in, in a situation like this with the number of stations that MRN has and the popularity of uh, famous people like Eli and Barney <laughs> Hall, who I knew when they were just poor folks. <laughs> you know, last you week, last right? Week. Yeah, exactly right. What is a favorite Richard Petty story of yours when you broadcast for MRN years ago? Is there a story or two that stand out uh, from your broadcasting days? 
Eli, it wasn't really from broadcasting. I grew up in Iowa, and, and uh, early on in my career, I went back for a special race in Iowa, and Richard Petty came to that event in Cedar Rapids. And honest to goodness, uh, a, a crowd comparative to this for a half-mile dirt track was there. They were sitting in the trees. They were everywhere, and they, were, they had to close the gates four hours before race time. So many people came just to see Richard, not to see him race. And that's the kind of man that Richard was, and he, he took time with all those people. It's just a wonderful, wonderful day to be here to salute him. I know you're one of the first general managers that Motor Racing Network had when you and I were there at the very beginning of the thing. It has come a long way. It really, really has. Barney, it's just been tremendous, you know, and, and, and to see new young talent come into this sport, too, and, and, and young drivers like Jeff Gordon, who's having a really good run today in, in his first Winston Cup race. And, and, of course, we were working with Bobby Hillen on a program that we put together for Wrangler uh, to come here and, and salute Richard Petty. That's an interesting program. They sponsored the event last night. It's just a one-shot, and they really wanted to do this event with Junie Donlevy and Bobby Hillen. As a salute to Richard Petty, their way to say thanks to Richard for all his years of support uh, for the sport and for them as well. Kind of nice seeing Wrangler's colors out there again. You know, you harken back to the Dale Earnhardt days, to the Ricky Rudd days, to Childress's team, to Bud Moore's team. We've all kind of gotten used to seeing Wrangler out there. Then they went away, and it's nice to see that number 90 out there with that familiar uh, yellow and blue again. That's beautiful paint job. It's too bad they ran out of gas just before that first uh, first yellow because uh, he, he's, he's doing a respectable job. This is the first time that Bobby's driven with Junie. It's a good experience to get ready for their Highlake Myers program that starts uh, at Daytona in February. Roger, thanks for taking a moment to stop by and talk with us. Thank you very much, Barney. Barney, Go ahead. Barney, we've caught up with Dick Trickle, who was involved in that earlier accident. See if we can get a comment from him and see exactly what happened from his perspective. First of all, Dick, we can see that you're okay walking under your own power. What happened out there on the track? Well, see, uh, my car was really hooked up. You know, we got we got it really working over the pit stop. And I was going to go up to the front. And Kenny went up behind uh, Jared. And I drew a line underneath both of them. And coming off four, uh, they hadn't cleaned the right side windshield yet. And the son was in the windshield. And when he, he went up, and I drew a line under both of them. And he come back down to pass Jared. And I never saw him till we touched. And I got him in a, you know, he come across my right front. Uh, Fender and you know we got together and both of us spun. It was a racing accident. Uh, you know what Ken had I been able to see out the right side window there, you know I could have moved down a little bit and gave him some room. It was just a racing incident. I don't blame Ken for it. Uh, he's a super driver. And uh, what I feel bad about is nobody knows that car was going to go to the front. Just one of those things for Dick Trickle. He'll hope to hang on to 20th position in the Winston Cup points. He's 130 points ahead of Derek Cope, and that would be worth some $22,000 if Cope cannot catch him, as that's the cutoff point that Winston pays in this uh, $2.5 million Winston Cup championship chase. And pretty much the same thing that uh, Kenny Schrader said. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, Barney, uh, Bob Shack just, just just crawled out of his car. Bob, you had, a, you had a problem earlier, and you got the thing restarted, and something went wrong, and now you're out. What happened? Well, something must have happened in that wreck over there in the first, first or second lap because the ignition thing just kept cutting in and out all day. It quit one time right on the front straightaway. So we'll have to get the perfect solution, Prano Oldsmobile, back the next time. See you in Daytona. <laughs> okay. Well, he seems kind of happy about it. He's uh, still uh, all together. I guess got the car ready, and they're going to Daytona. I talked to uh, down the Ricky Rudge crew, and they said that he's lost the power steering in the car. I don't know if it's a belt off or whatever, but uh, he doesn't have power steering, and that's the problem that he's having with uh, trying to hold the car down in the corner. That's a pretty tough deal, this racetrack, if he didn't have any power steering in these days. 
uh, when the cars are set up for it. They've got a lot of positive caster in the cars, which means that both both front wheels are laying back, or, or they uh, the car's made to run straight, and it really puts a lot of pressure on it when you go off in a corner. And they've also got a pretty short steering box. They don't turn the steering wheel very far to turn the wheels a long ways, and it's just tough. So uh, Rudd's going to have a long day. Let's give you a quick comparison here before we break away, Barney. The last lap for Bill Elliott was turned at 168.17 miles an hour. That same lap for Davey Allison, 164.480 miles an hour. Neither man contending with any major traffic problems, so there is a significant difference now in speed between the race leader, Bill Elliott, and Davey Allison, the Winston Cup point leader. Yeah, Davey, uh, they said the car was not working in the corner. They need to get on pit road, and we should have some pit stops coming up probably in the next 10 to 15 laps. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. 150 laps are complete, 328 making up the total distance here today. The Hooters 500, the season finale for the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Just a couple of laps ago, the first of the pit stops, which we assume is a regularly scheduled one for Dale Earnhardt. Jim Phillips? They changed four tires, uh, filled it up with gasoline, and sent him on his way. Remember Earnhardt on that first segment stretched his fuel mileage just a little bit too much and ran out of fuel. And got way behind and got lapped again, or he would probably right now be on the lead so Earnhardt the first one in. Here comes Mark Martin peeling off the banking up in turn number four as he will bring his car down to pit road. That will be the third place car. Mark Martin bringing in the Valvoline Ford. We'll see all the other front runners coming in at least in the next seven or eight laps. We'll follow Mark down in front of Jim Phillips and cover that pit stop for you. He's had a pretty good run here today. Martin comes in slowly, brings the Valvoline Ford into a stop. They swing around to the right side. Steve Meal and Chris Hussey changing the tires. Joy Martin carries the tires around. The first can of Unicom gasoline goes in as they loosen the left side lug nuts. I'm sure all of these teams will change four tires. A chassis adjustment on the Martin car and four tires in gasoline. And here comes Ricky Rudd. Now, they said the power steering was not working on Ricky Rudd's car. We may see the hood go up on that one as they try to see if they can do something to cure that problem for Ricky Rudd because the bottom line is when you lose that power steering, it's very physical in that race car. It just wear you out before the day is over. Let's cover Rudd's stop. Well, he's changing uh, two tires on the right. I believe they're going to, yeah, they're going to do left side tires also. So they're going to do four on his car. They're not doing any work as far as uh, trying to correct the power steering problem. They're just filling up a couple cans of fuel. Uh, Sterling Marlin's in it doing the same thing with him. We've got four tires. We've got one can of fuel in and getting ready to do another one. Uh, Jeff Gordon's in. Got a little smoke off the right front, so he's got a little brake, a little bit hot. But uh, they got him some tires and fuel, and he's gone. And we're going to see some more cars coming in here in just a moment. Right now, let's go down to Winston Kelly. We just talked to some of the members of the STP Pontiac team and what the plans are. They're getting the car repaired, and Richard Petty is planning to go back out and take the white flag the final time around here in the Hooters 500, the final lap around of the 1992 season. We hope to see the STP Pontiac back on the racetrack. But you almost had the feeling that Richard would want to be out there to take the checkered flag here this afternoon, if at all possible, so we'll keep you abreast of that story as they continue to work on his car. 154 laps are on the scoreboard. A few of the front runners on Pitt Road a moment ago, Dale Earnhardt, Mark Martin was in, Ricky Rudd, Sterling Marlin, and Jeff Gordon's car in the pits. We're waiting for the rest of the machines that are up in that lead pack to make their appearance on Pit Road. We're also just 10 laps away from halfway, and if you've entered today's Gillette Halfway Challenge and your entry is selected, should we call you at home after the halfway lap, and you can tell us the driver leading at halfway, the man who takes home the $10,000, you'll win that Chevy Lumina. That's coming up shortly. Here come Derek Cope, along with Mike Wallace, Alan Kulwicki, 
Bobby Hillen is on pit road. Here's Davey Allison, Jimmy Spencer, Kyle Petty. All of these under green. They're regularly scheduled stops. Let's cover Kowicki and Allison. Well, they go to the right side on Alan Kowicki's car. They're dumping in the first can of fuel. Davey Allison is in the pits. They're changing the right side tires. And they're going to pull a rubber out of the right front of the Davy Allison car. Joey Knuckles reaches in. He pulls it out because the car was tight. Coming off the corners, they want to loosen it up a little bit, neutralize it. Now they swing around the left side. It's going to cost the club an extra three or four seconds, but it probably will be worth it on the racetrack. The left side tires are going on for Davy Allison. The car is down, and he swings out of his pit. Dick Brooks. Well, uh, Michael Wallop's in there changing the tires and stuff on his car, trying to get him going, and uh, Kyle Petty come in and did the same thing with him, four tires and stuff. These guys may be able to run just a little bit longer. Now, some of the cars are staying out. Bill Elliott's still out on the racetrack. A couple of the other league cars are, but new tires run so much quicker than uh, used tires do, uh, hot tires anyway, that uh, when uh, Earnhardt came in, they put four tires on his car, and he just, uh, just blasted away. So some of these guys are kind of gambling on gas, all right. But uh, other ones say, well, they just don't want to do it. They want to get their tires on, go on out, and get back up to speed. Jimmy Horton just taking his car behind the pit wall. Looks like they'll be going uh, into the garage area also. He'll join Bob Shack, Rich Bickle, Wally Dollenback, Richard Petty, Kenny Schrader, Dick Trickle, Hut Strickland, and Brett Bodine, the cars that are out of the event here this afternoon. Here's the leader on pit road. Bill Elliott brings the Budweiser Ford down to the attention of Tim Brewer and Junior Johnson. And the Budweiser guys, let's see what they can do on the stop and how quick they can get back out. Well, they swing around the right side. Mike Hill and Tim Bloor changing the right side tires. Mark Cash jacks it up. Daryl Andrews carries the tires. They get the jack up plenty, and it looked like that they were doing a little bit of adjustment. Now they swing around to the left side. The first can of gasoline is in. Henry Benfield handles that chore. The left side tires are going on. No chassis adjustment for Elliott. The car's down 21.9 seconds. 21.3 seconds for the Budweiser team. Not a bad stop for four tire chains and a tank of Unical gasoline as they send him back onto the racetrack. 159 laps are on the scoreboard. We'll take a short break. You can do it. Hi, this is Benny Parsons for True Value Hardware Store. In this profession, you can't afford to make costly mistakes. That's why I use nothing but quality auto supplies. The top quality Permatex line from Loctite offers everything the do-it-yourself car buff would need, from a gasket maker and rearview mirror adhesive to thread locker and form a seal leak repair. So, for personal service and low prices, bring your family to the True Value family of stores. What does Tom Watson do when he's not playing golf? He reads Golf Digest magazine, and so can you when you call 800-228-8828 and order Golf Digest. Golf Digest covers all angles of the game, from shots, strategies, and equipment to tips from the pros. Get a year of Golf Digest for just $19.77. Plus, you'll get How to Get Distance and Accuracy, a half-hour instructional video free with your paid subscription. Call 800-228-8828. Order now. Well, the drama continues to build here. It looks like Mark Martin might have lost an engine on his car. He slowed about a lap and a half ago. He's on the apron of the racetrack heading for pit road in the back straightaway as Rusty Wallace brings his car in. These are routine stops, schedule stops here this afternoon at Atlanta. Several of the front runners still out there. Ernie Urban is being posted as a leader right now. Jeff Bodine rides in the number two position. Barney, Jeff Bodine is just broken as well on the back straightaway. The Motocraft Ford is off the pace. He's coasting with no power down on the inside of the racetrack. He's either broken or he's out of gas, one of the two. We'll check on that just as soon as he gets in. Here's Mark Martin coming on into the pits right now. Let's follow him down and see if he 
He couldn't have run out of gas because Mark was in, what, about eight or nine laps ago? Yeah, he had pitted on lap number 151, and then had his problems on 159. Here comes Jeff Bodine. He'll coast on around now as we are also two laps shy of halfway. Let's go to pit road. Well, Jeff Bodine come by. He was coasting. He was not running. Mark Martin come by, and his car was running just kind of like at an idle. Uh, didn't seem to have uh, power, but the engine was running anyway. Well, Dick, uh, the reason Jeff Bodine was coasting, he's out of gas. He has it fired as uh, they spray the ether in or the starting fluid. Travis Carter sprays it in there. The car fired up for a moment, and now they put the first can of gasoline in. It's still uh, trying to fire it again. They spray a little bit more in, and it's fired this time. So the car is running. Mark Martin's car, the engine let go in his car. Here comes Ernie Irvin now, out of turn number four, heading to the stripe. We'll be looking towards the halfway point here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. The next time by, it'll be $10,000 from Gillette should Ernie Irvin hang on here or whomever it might be leading at the halfway break. He's in turn two. Ernie Irvin takes it close up to the outside, retaining wall smoothly off turn number two and down the back straight away, closing in on the Bobby Hamilton car. Irvin has almost three-quarters of a lap lead on the second-place car of Ted Musgrave now as Irvin works his way into turn three and now up off of turn four. Here they come out of the corner. Ernie Irvin will follow in right behind Bobby Hamilton coming to the stripe. Halfway the indication from Doyle Ford and $10,000 more to Ernie Irvin as the winner of the Gillette Halfway Challenge. So folks, if you have entered the contest, stay by your phone because if you're called back and can tell us that Ernie Irvin was the leader at halfway today, you'll be the winner of a Chevy Lumina awarded by the Gillette Company, makers of Right Guard and a purse burnt and deodorant and the sensor shaving system. From the Atlanta Motor Speedway, this is MRN Radio. Bill Elliott is the leader. Alan Kulwicki runs in the second spot as we work through green flag pit stops at lap number 166 here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. The last little bit of news includes Mark Martin. He has taken that Valvoline Ford to the garage area. We'll get an update there in just a moment. And there was a problem moments ago, Joel Moore, for young Jeff Gordon in his Winston Cup debut. Gordon just making his exit from turn two in the DuPont's Paint Chevrolet. The car spun around, back in, tagged the outside retaining wall, spun down to the inside of the track, and he fired it and drove away. And apparently a problem on Lake Speed's Purex car. It's been sitting on pit road. They pushed it up and down a couple of times there. Jim Phillips? Well, he apparently ran out gas, Barney. They've uh, been trying to fire it. They pushed him down the pit lane once and they backed him up. They continue to spray the starting fluid into the uh, air cleaner, but uh, the car still won't fire. So uh, we thought at first he'd run out of gas. Evidently more problems for lake speed. It's hard to believe how many guys have miscalculated fuel mileage here yeah. today. I mean, some of the top teams have miscalculated and run out of gasoline in lake speed's car being pushed back up pit road right now. The leader is Bill Elliott. Alan Kowicki rides second. They're showing uh, apparently, Jimmy Spencer has now moved up into the third place. Ricky Rudd would be posted fourth and Ernie Irvin fifth after this round of pit stops. And again, let's reiterate, Ricky Rudd driving without power steering. And this racetrack, the turns are a half mile each. The straighter ways are only a quarter of a mile. You're in the turns, and you're continuing to cut the car and cut it and cut it some more. Doing that without the power steering, Ricky Rudd has himself a long afternoon as we've just gone by halfway. But nevertheless, he is a strong fourth-place runner here at lap 169. Eli. Average speed of 124.908 miles an hour. Let's go to the garage. Eli, Mark Martin has rolled the Valvoline forward into the garage area for the final time this year. What happened, Mark? Well, I think uh, we maybe maybe burned a piston or something. It started to smoke out the pipes, and wasn't we weren't going to be able to do anything to to help us in the points uh, with that problem. Uh, you know, we could have rode around the bottom maybe 
but we were going to have to run so slow as smoking. It was just a matter of time, and those guys are still running at full song, so, you know, there's not much we can do, but, uh, you know, I'd like to say that I'm really proud of the whole Valvoline team. I want to thank Folgers for hanging in there with us this year, and, and uh, you know, uh, Goodyear's got a great set great uh, set of radios for us to race on here today and we had a good car a good shot to win that's all we could ask for and I'm not that disappointed uh, with the points uh, we had the shot to win this thing today it was definitely one of the strongest cars on the racetrack today the Valvoline Ford will not finish today he'll come home with a strong sixth place run in the points this year Mark Martin has had a very good year had a little bad season for Mark Martin at all 171 laps on the board Bill Elliott continues to lead Alan Kulwicki and Jimmy Spencer we'll be right back Bill Elliott, the favorite son of Dawsonville, Georgia, continues to lead the Hooters 500. Alan Kowicki running in the second spot. Jimmy Spencer, another good run for the Ray Bestis team of Bobby Allison. He is third. Ernie Irvin, then Ricky Rudd, followed by Davey Allison in sixth. Ricky Rudd, we told you, holding down the fifth spot. Allison is sixth. Rusty Wallace now seventh ahead of Terry Levante, eighth. Sterling Marlin is in ninth. Harry Gant, tenth. The other cars on the lead lap include Jeff Bodine in eleventh spot and twelfth place Dale Earnhardt. 177 laps are completing the event. 328 will make it up this afternoon. Right now, the field strings out a little bit around the Atlanta Raceway. So we'll take a moment to talk with Jim Schreyer, the executive vice president of sales and marketing for the R.J. Reynolds Tobacco Company. Jim, we understand first that uh, you had a big part in Richard Petty's uh, farewell up at the Georgia Dome last night. Well, thanks, Barney. I prefer to think of it as a small part. The big part was Richard's. Uh, It was really an honor to honor him last night. You know, uh, 15 years ago, I started my association with him when I was at STP, and it was really a special heartthrob for me to be able to present him his uh, Charlie One Horse Sterling Silver hat last night. Tell us a little bit about that hat. What uh, I saw some of it on the television that had on TNN on the thing last night. That looked like it was something totally unique. Well, it is totally unique. You know, Richard is really a genuine American hero. And we don't have very many of those these days. And uh, whether it's his family life, the way he handles the fans, uh, you know, a lot of people in his stature would sign autographs and charge money for him, but not Richard Petty. He's just a down-home good gosh darn guy. And we thought and thought, and good old Teen Wayne Robertson came up with the idea of how can we do something that keeps Richard's legend going. And that Charlie One Horse hat's a part of Richard, and the sterling silver one from Tiffany's just keep that going forever and ever kind of hard to come up with something that Richard doesn't have really it really is talk about the Winston Cup championship just a moment I watched you and Wayne Robertson standing here looking out the window at this thing this is the darndest battle we've ever seen to come down like it is with three actually about five or six guys mathematically had a chance but the three guys that realistically had a chance to win it they have been racing their tails off all day long we've had some close ones before but here we are with less than half a race to go and I dare you to predict who's going to win this thing uh, what an exciting season and exciting race. These guys are racing hard today. We're just watching Davey Allison getting passed on the racetrack by Morgan Shepard now here at lap number 181. Though Davey is still running uh, well on the lead lap in the eighth position now. These fans, many of them haven't sat down much of the afternoon. Probably a good thing there's just barely any room to sit down here today. It's remarkable, isn't it? It's one of the greatest sports in the world. Uh, You know, it's the best attended sport in the world, and these drivers come out there and do their darndest every weekend, and the fans are wonderful. We're proud of being a part of the Winston Cup Series, and we're just going to keep doing it, bring these fans this fine sport. And these racers are somebody that everybody can go home and cheer about and feel good about every day of the week. And I'm anxious to see at the end of this thing who's going to win. What do you guys think? 
I don't know. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't bet there. a nickel either way no. because, as we said, either one of the three can come home the winner. Jim, thanks for stopping by. We'll let you get back downstairs because I know you want to be down there when the champion is uh, coming across the line for the checkered flag this afternoon. Thanks for taking a moment to talk with us. Thank you, Barney. Appreciate it. Good to see you, Jim. Right now on Pit Road, we are watching Jeff Gordon in full uniform with his helmet still on, having parked his own race car. He is walking to somebody's pit area to provide relief, I would assume. And Winston Kelly in full uniform, headgear and antenna in place, is marching behind him. What's the story there, Winston? Jeff has come into the Ricky Rudd pit and is going to try to get in for him. He's looking for a cold drink of water. Jeff, first of all, what happened to your car? Well, uh, the car started getting a little bit loose. We think we had a left rear tire going down, but you know, it just all of a sudden broke loose and I got in the wall. It's too bad. You know, that DuPont Chevrolet car today was running awful good. We started out bad and got lapped down, but we got that car working really good there towards the end and just got away from us, but we think we had a tire going down. What's the situation with Ricky Rudd? I'm not really sure. They just called me over here and said they might need a relief driver, so I'm here waiting for him. That's Jeff Gordon as one driver ends his career today, Richard Petty. Another up-and-coming superstar, Jeff Gordon, has begun his. He may get back in the race driving in relief for Ricky Rudd. Many think that uh, Jeff Gordon will certainly be a superstar in the next few years. He's shown an awful lot of talent on the Bush Series and everything else he's been in all the way up through his racing career. We'll pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. 185 laps on the scoreboard here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway this afternoon. Bill Elliott continues to lead. Here he is across the start-finish line. He is pulled away from Alan Kowicki by about a second and a half right now as they work back into turn number one. The third-place car is a long ways back as they head over to Joe Moore. Just a couple of laps ago, we saw one of the cars getting way up to the outside retaining wall. Derek Cope got in the marble, scrubbed along this outside wall, and quite a few of the cars are beginning to climb, kind of typical of Atlanta. Later in the stages of the race, the groove moves up higher and higher, and it gets pretty scary for us here just at the edge of the racetrack looking down because a few of them right up here close to this outside retaining wall. Barney, something else that's developed over the last 10 laps involving Davey Allison. When Jeff Gordon came back onto the racetrack after trying to repair his damaged car, when he came down the back straight away into turn number three a roll of tape fell out of his car and onto the racetrack right in front of Davey Allison who hit it with the left front corner of his car there is now a hole in the air dam right at the very bottom of the left front corner of Davey Allison's car perhaps that's affected the handling and might explain why he's lost several positions in the last 10 laps you can see a little bit of damage as he crossed the start finish line to the front of the car working back into turn number one and we may check that out in the pits here in just a moment right now we'll take a quick break and we'll be right back Michael Today's Hooters 500 on MRN Radio is sponsored by the Bunker Hill line of canned meats. Flat out better than the rest by Ford and your local Ford truck dealers who invite you to see the exciting lineup of tough Ford trucks by Pennzoil, America's number one selling motor oil for performance, protection, and quality by Purelator Filters. You can't buy better engine protection than Purelator Filters. And by Gumout, quality automotive products providing solutions to engine problems. 
Welcome back to the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Bill Elliott is the race leader. The season finale, the Hooters 500. He has led 66 laps thus far. The race has seen 16 lead changes among eight drivers with an average speed of 129.191 miles an hour. We have been slowed four times by caution for a total of 29 laps with Barney Hall. I'm Eli Gold, Joe Moore, Alan Bestwick, Dick Brooks, Jim Phillips, and Winston Kelly bringing you coverage of the Hooters 500. 195 laps are on the board. Let's check in Davey Allison's pit right now. Well, Larry McReynolds, his crew chief. Uh, hey, it looks like he got some trouble in your front air down there. Yeah, run over. I think it was a harmonic balance about 30 laps ago. And, it's, you know, you're running so fast here, Jim, that's put an awful lot of push on the car. Plus, it's really hurting down the straightaway, you know. We just Maybe we'll get a caution. We've got a plan to fix it, but we've got to have a caution to fix it. So that's the plan. They do have some sheet metal that they're cutting on right now, trying to get a piece that will fit that area, try to rivet it in there on a, well, you have to have a caution to do this because it would take uh, too much time. So Davey Allison's car, very tight in the corners, does not want to turn. He's having to battle that steering wheel on every lap. That's the one thing that uh, even we don't think about that much is particularly in a race this important for the guys running for the Winston Cup championship is how you have to plan ahead for totally things you just have to use your wildest imagination now what could happen to us that we would need this piece or that part or what what if this and what if that uh, tim brewer told me the other day he said we've got a list of things that we put down on paper maybe 10 or 12 things that have happened no matter how freak they are over the years to our car and we bring parts and pieces to repair that i'm sure davy did the same thing they always have a checklist on the side of their car every morning sunday morning before they go racing just like you do in the cockpit of an airplane when you run through your checklist there they do the same thing on that race car a lot of the teams have uh, either built or purchased little pegboards i guess you'd call it due to the lack of a better name and they have gotten tie wraps and they have brought out spare parts, even some of the unusual stuff that you'd only see for this final race of the year. And they have just brought out a replacement part for almost everything. They've used these tie wraps to affix it to these pick, uh, pegboards and just sitting there behind their pits up against the fence alongside the spare windshields and the spare tires and all of that. So you can literally rebuild a race car out there in as little time as you can trying to get back onto the racetrack should a major problem uh, beset you. We're just 130 laps shy of the conclusion now, and Alan Kowicki begins to close in on Bill Elliott now as Elliott has caught some traffic in the lead spot in turn one. Elliott goes to the outside of Darrell Waltrip up in turn number two. He'll go to the inside of the Dale Earnhardt car, trying to get by. That has allowed Alan Kowicki to close in to a car length behind him. Elliott's been trying to put Earnhardt back a lap down for the last couple of circuits around. Now he's going to go to the inside as Derek Cope sweeps up the racetrack in front of the lane that Earnhardt's been running in. Bill Elliott's got the car working here today about as well as we've seen him in a long, long time at Atlanta. This used to be his piece of cake, so to speak, and today that car's dialed in. Alan Kowicki really cuts that car hard left to avoid some slow traffic hangs right with him back in turn one. Derek Cope's car slowed dramatically right in front of the race leaders. Both of them had to dive down to the inside and have cleared those two as well as the Earnhardt car on the back straightaway. But that did allow Cope's problem, which forced Earnhardt to get on the binders, has allowed both Elliott and Kowicki to get away from Dale now. He's no longer right on their back bumper and Derek Cope is coasting very slowly down the back straightaway on the apron of the racetrack. Earnhardt didn't really get on the binders. He got on Derek Cope's rear deck because when Derek's car stopped, it looked like it lost 20 or 30 miles an hour immediately. Earnhardt just couldn't stop in time and he gave the rear of that Purolator Chevrolet a pretty good shot here at the start-finish line. Totally inadvertent. There was nothing at all that Dale could do while a couple of guys managed to try and avoid. Derek Cope's car just slowed that dramatically. Earnhardt gave it a shot on the caboose and now they have continued on away. 
201 laps are on the board as we continue green here. The last time we saw a caution flag was for a multiple car accident at lap number 95. That was some 106 laps ago. Well, we've been asked to pass along a message in case Kenny Schrader, who was in the accident earlier this afternoon and uh, retired his car, they do need you back here at the racetrack, Kenny, if you should. Trouble in turn two. Dale Earnhardt spins around. The car loops one time, slams rear end first into the outside retaining wall. It slides down the back straightaway and now sits up at the top of the racetrack at the exit of turn two. Caution on the speedway. It will be the fifth one of this afternoon, and Dale Earnhardt lost the car, scrubbed along that wall. Let's go back to Joe Moore. Car just came into turn two. He got way up in this outside lane where a lot of traffic has been running and the car in the back end started coming out and looked like Earnhardt just stayed in the throttle thinking maybe he could save it but the back end did completely spin around he tagged the outside retaining wall just about at the spot where Jeff Gordon hit earlier the car has rolled down to the inside of the track it's rolling slowly and Earnhardt is trying to refire the car now. Earnhardt on the apron of the racetrack it's moving very very slowly but caution is on the speedway he may not be able to get it to pit road at all they may have to take a wrecker out and hitch up to Earnhardt's car and bring him into the pits we were saying just a second ago, Kenny Schrader went out of the race early this afternoon, and they have uh, said in the garage area they need Kenny back here at the Speedway to come to his team in the garage area. If Kenny should be maybe driving somewhere in this area around the racetrack right now, uh, we'll kind of pass that along and uh, hope he can do it. We'll take a break, and we'll be right back. All the front runners are on pit road. Let's cover the stops. Jim Phillips. Bill Elliott's getting four tires in gasoline, and he will win the race off the pit lane. Kawicki will come out second. Ricky Rudd will come out third. Jimmy Spencer fourth. Rusty Wallace peels off the pit lane. Jeff Rodin is getting service. Ernie Irvin is out now. Terry Labonte goes out. They're still working on the left side of the air dam for Navy Allison. They're going to try to get that hole covered up, and they're working on that right now. So he's going to lose some time, but it'll make up some time on the speedway later. Dale Earnhardt had to have an assist from the wrecker. They pushed the car. Is rolling down pit road and heading down toward his pit. Right now, let's go down to Dick Brooks. Well, Hud Strickland come in. Sterling Marlin come in. They got four tires and fuel. They took a right rubber out of the a rubber out of the spring on the right front of uh, Sterling's car, and uh, they got them back on the, on the track. Jim Phillips. Well, Dale Earnhardt is in, and they're going to pull the sheet metal away from uh, the left side of his car. They're looking it over right now. And, uh, left side tires first. The good wrench crew will try to get him back out, and he'll try to get as many points as he can out of this. From the Atlanta Motor Speedway, this is MRN Radio. Working caution here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Caution for the fifth time when Dale Earnhardt spun in turn number two. He was on pit road for service. He has now returned again for more attention from the team. They have lost a couple of laps in this exchange, so Dale Earnhardt now being posted in 17th spot, two laps behind the race leader, Bill Elliott. Meanwhile, they were working feverishly, as Jim Phillips told you, on that uh, front air dam of Davey Allison's car. They get all the work done, Jim? No, they're going to bring you back in and do uh, more work. Eli, the pit board is out. There's uh, poise that's at top of the pit wall with uh, a lot of masking tape and uh, they're going to try to fix it this time close it off for good just about everybody has taken advantage of this caution flag to go into the pits and it looks like the indication one more lap and we'll go back to green jerry grant is here from the champions park plug corporation he like everybody else watching this season finale unfold been quite an afternoon jerry spectacular what, what a script. Uh, I can't believe it. Uh, 
Richard Betty with his final race, who's been a champion of all champions, and, and then uh, this type of race down for the final. I'd like to thank uh, Dave Cartwright, our new president of Champions Park Plug Company, for coming here to witness this, and all our customers, uh, not only the little ones, but the big ones. And most of all, I want to thank the fans and the people like Richard Petty that make this sport what it is. Richard Petty is something very special. I've seen, of course, yourself. You've got a varied motorsports background. I saw Derek Bell here today. So many of the NHRA drag racers. Joe Amato is in town. Don the Snake Prudhomme. They all know what Richard Petty has meant to motorsports. Hey, Eli, and, and we're all great fans. We wouldn't be here. We're standing in the back. Uh, we're watching, and we love it. Boy, what a what a place. And, and, a, and this Speedway has done a fantastic job in upgrading, making it better for the fans, and I know they're going to continue to upgrade the facility. Well, Jerry, I know you're very proud of what uh, Champion has done over the years with now better than 500 Winston Cup wins to its credit. Uh, thanks for stopping by, and enjoy the rest of this afternoon with us. Eli, thank you for the time. All right, Jerry Grant from Champion Spark Plug Corporation. 206 laps on the board. Pace car behind the pit wall. They're set to go at it one more time here at Atlanta this afternoon. Bill Elliott is the leader. Alan Kowicki sits right behind him. Then Jimmy Spencer. And the fourth place car right now is going to be Ernie Irvin. Green flag goes out. Elliott takes off. Kowicki takes off. They're back in one. And Kowicki has to deal with Kyle Petty trying to get back on the tail end of the lead lap. And Petty has to fall in line now behind the Kowicki car. Next in line, the lap car of Dale Jarrett. Then comes Jimmy Spencer and Ernie Irvin. All right. Behind Ernie Irvin will be Rusty Wallace's car. He moves to the outside to clear Bobby Hamilton, who's down to the inside of the racetrack. The next car in line will be Harry Gann. He's running sixth. Then a couple of car lengths back to seventh place, Terry Labonte. And eighth place, Jeff Bodine. The GM Goodwrench Chevrolet back on pit road again for more work. It's been that kind of a year for Dale Earnhardt and the boys as the leaders sweep by him to put in yet another lap down. Elliott the leader back in turn one. Third place battle going into the corner on the outside. Jimmy Spencer down low is Ernie Irvin. Stacked up double wide off the corner. Dale Jarrett's lap car directly ahead. Still the battle continues on the back straightaway. That's going to determine who's going to get the open lane. Right now it's the outside lane. It'll be Jimmy Spencer who holds on to that third spot. Ernie Irvin has to fall in line behind him and go to the outside of Jarrett's car. And as they tuck in single file, Davey Allison has to be a bundle of nerves right now. There's eight cars, a pack of eight cars directly ahead of Davey, and he's boxed in right back there, just hoping nothing happens in that pack of traffic. They're all back in one. Once again, the third place battle, Spencer and Ernie Irvin again side by side. Irvin's got the inside line, hooked up quite well, coming off the corner. Spencer tries to pull even, but this time has to fall in line behind. And now a challenge for the lead is Alan Kowicki dives down to the inside of Bill Elliott on the back straightaway. Entrance to turn number three, Kowicki he gets a nose out front, tries to slide up the racetrack. The rear end of Elliott's car kicked loose just a bit, coming out of turn number two. That's all the opening Kowicki wanted. Here they come to the stripe. Lap 209, the Hooters Ford leads the Hooters 500, but the challenge is on again in the corner. Elliott again gets a bumper out in front of the Hooters Ford, coming into turn one, but Alan Kowicki battles back using the inside lane. Again, dead even. The race for the lead off turn two. We've seen this before earlier this afternoon. These two racing for the lead. It seems like Kowicki handles better in the corners, but Elliott has a bit more horsepower on the straightaway. Again, Elliott outdrags Kowicki into three. This is the way a championship should be settled. Racing like they've been doing here all afternoon at Atlanta. Davey Allison still very much in the hunt, still in a pretty good position, but the two cars that are battling for the second place in the point championship right now, assuming Davey stays about where he is, really giving the crowd a thrill. They're back in turn two. Elliott using that outside lane coming through turn two. Again, Kowicki gets the good jump off the corner. He's got a buffer out in front. It's a drag race down the back straightaway with Ernie Irvin having Closed right up on the two of them now, making it a three-way battle for the lead. Irvin goes to the bottom of the racetrack. Kulwicki's in the middle. Elliott is high. Ernie Irvin thought about making it three wide again. Elects not to. Here comes Kulwicki back to the stripe. If the race ended now, 
Al Kowicki would win the championship by two points over Davey and by five over Bill Elliott, but it's far from over. Bill Elliott gets into the turn one a little faster than Kowicki does. Again, a fender out in front, and again, a three-way battle shapes up. Irvin looks down on the inside of Kowicki. couple of Fords at the head with a Chevy trying to find a way around. It's Kowicki and Elliott diving back and forth in the back straightaway. Kowicki feints to the outside. Elliott doesn't buy it. He hangs right tough. There is not a fan in this place that is not standing up, looking from one end of this grandstand to the other. They're all on tiptoes, watching these three cars go at it at the front of the pack. It is Kowicki, Elliott, and Irvin back in one. Kowicki swings around and takes the lead. Now the battle will focus on the second spot. Elliott goes to the outside of the track. Ernie Irvin's down low, and while this has been going on, suddenly the fourth place car comes into play. Jimmy Spencer is there. It's Elliott and, Ir- and, uh, and Irvin, rather, side by side for second and third with Irvin on the inside. Alan Kowicki, the clear leader. Jimmy Spencer's going to try and follow Ernie down low. Jimmy Spencer has given that Ray Bestis car some awfully fine runs. Trouble in turn four. Harry Gant's car gets up in the outside lane, almost buys the wall. He got the car all the way up into the outside lane. It just took a hard right turn on him all of a sudden. He got it down off the wall, but Harry Gant is off the pace. That's the third time this afternoon that car has almost got away from Harry Gant, but that's the first time he scrubbed the wall a little bit. He was back in 15th position. We'll take a break, and we'll be back. Ten cars remain on the lead lap here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway as we are now some 110 laps away from conclusion of the Hooters 500. Alan Kowicki leads. Ernie Irvin second. Jimmy Spencer third. Bill Elliott is fourth. Rusty Wallace wins fifth ahead of Terry Labonte sixth. Sterling Marlin is seventh. Davey Allison now eighth with Ricky Rudd ninth and Jeff Bodine tenth. Ten cars on the lead lap at this moment. In 11th, the lap down is Kyle Petty. 12th, Ted Musgrave. 13th, Jimmy Hensley. Dale Jarrett wearing the Green Bay Packers headgear today. He's running in 14th, and 15th is Bobby Hamilton. 16th now is Harry Gant after that problem in the wall there seconds ago. 17th is Morgan Shepard. Michael Waltrip is 18th. 19th now Dave Marcus. Chad Little runs 20th. 21st is Bobby Hillen. Derek Cope is 22nd. 23rd is Eddie Beerswall. Jimmy Means in 24th. 25th now they will post and a pretty good run today for Mike Wallace. 26th position for Lake Speed. 27th, Dale Earnhardt. Darrell Waltrip is in 28th. Jimmy Horton back on the racetrack now in 29th. And running in the 32nd position is Rick Mash. The reason we skipped 30th and 31st is because they're no longer running but do have already completed uh, more laps in Rick Mass. That's going to change, of course, as uh, this afternoon continues. Looking at the scoreboard, 221 laps are up there right now as the field continues to circulate around the Atlanta Raceway. And Dick Brooks, we've been watching the crowd jump up and down here in the grandstand all afternoon. I've noticed a couple of times down on pit road when this racing got real close, the pit crews have been just as interested in what's going on on the racetrack all the way around as, as the fans have here today. I think that's right, Barney. It's been a pretty good race. You know, they uh, started off with a lot of hype. Everybody's got something to pull for. And uh, and the thing with Richard and him going out, everybody's just kind of keyed anyway. So it don't take much to set them off. And that uh, deal last night where we came up uh, down at the Atlanta Dome or, or Georgia Dome, every time that uh, Richard or somebody come up on the screen, they'd get a big crowd, uh, even though Alabama was up singing or whatever. Uh, I think it's just a lot of hype here, and these guys, uh, and you know, and the whole the whole uh, crowd's got to see a pretty good race today. They're going to go away from here. I think what their money's worth today. I don't think anybody in the in the place has sit down as we said. They've been jumping up and down all afternoon, standing on tiptoe on top of each other and everything else to watch what was going on on the racetrack. Winston Kelly, you had a progress report a little bit earlier. They're going to try to get Richard's car repaired enough to make the final couple of laps here this afternoon. Is that still in the works? 
Yes, it is. They're still working on the STP Pontiac. They've worked a lot, done a lot of work to the front end of the car, repaired a lot of the suspension parts, and it'll go out looking like one of the NASCAR modified cars, but it does still look like the STP Pontiac will return to the racetrack for one final lap around this Atlanta Motor Speedway here, one final time for the King. Had a long conversation with Kyle down there yesterday. I know you talked some with him this weekend also. And I asked yeah. Kyle, I said, has it really sunk in on Richard yet that this afternoon it's all over? No, I don't think it has. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I really don't because I think it's one of those deals where he started this fan appreciation thing and it got so far out of control that he didn't know how big this thing was going to get. And he's just got caught up in it and they just sweep him from week to week to week. And he doesn't have time to sit down and think about it. And I really don't think it'll, it'll really hit him. Uh, you know, until sometime this winter. And then he'll realize that come Daytona time, he's not going to be sitting in a car. I think he, he made his peace with it last year, but I don't think he's really realized it yet. been quite a week for Richard Petty. I, and, and a man of, that did not love this business could not have done the appearances, his time, took, what, 14, 15 hours almost Amazing. every day all year long. He never had a moment to himself, but that's kind of the way he wanted it here in his final season as a driver. I was talking with Dale Earnhardt on Thursday, and I said, all right, who's got the pressure on them here this weekend? He said, well, Bill Elliott's got pressure because he's chasing. He said, Davey Allison has pressure because he's leading. He goes, then there's Kulwicki. He said, the guy's got ice water in his veins. Doesn't say much, just kind of walks around, comes to the track, dressed well, carrying a little attache case, gets into the race car, and Earnhardt then began just mimicking of a guy sitting there driving a wheel of a, of a car like he's going down uh, the interstate. And he said, that's the guy who might just come in here as the underdog. And we talked earlier in the day how Alan Kowicki over the years, even in ASA racing, the American Speed Association, used to have a little patch of that character underdog on his driving suit. He had it stitched right on. And again here this weekend, he has taken that patch of underdog, a little sticker, and obliterated the two letters from Thunderbird off the front air dam. And the car reads Underbird instead of Thunderbird. And right now, Jim Phillips, as this uh, race ended right this moment, old Underbird would be sitting in uh, victory lane and uh, we'd have the whole shooting match his for 1992. What's Paul Andrews' crew chief saying? Well, let's find out, Paul. Your situation right now, you've been running so well all day. You've got the lead, 228 laps, 100 more to go. Yeah, that's right. You know, right now the car's real good. The car's really been real good all day long. We got a little bit behind the in the race. We think we lost the first gear in the transmission, but we're going to do what we can do to finish, you know, pull this thing out. Everything's real smooth right now. There's no problems whatsoever. Hooters 4 has done a good, you know, done, running real good, and Alan's done a hell of a job driving it. Has it been hard to keep your guys calm down? Yeah, I don't like to see them jump up and down like that. I like to like to stay calm. When, this thing, when that checkered flag drops, I want to get excited then. That's Paul Andrews, the crew chief for Alan Kowicki, and they have been doing a lot of cheering down in this pit area a lot more than they usually do. 99 laps, and we'll know who the Winston Cup champion is and who's going to win this race here this afternoon. That's how much is left in the event here. MRN Radio brings you complete coverage of today's Hooters 500, but we don't stop there. We follow the NASCAR Winston Cup series almost every week, so why not take time right now and call or write the radio station you're listening to and thank them for airing MRN Radio broadcasts throughout the year because listener response is the only way a radio station can determine what programs to broadcast. To let you know what station you're listening to right now, we'll pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. 230 laps on the scoreboard. Alan Kulwicki continues to lead. Right now, he is pulled away from Ernie Irvin by about a full two seconds. Here they come off turn number four. Irvin rides in the number two position. Bill Elliott's dropped back to third. It's going to be a ways back now to Jimmy Spencer. He's up there challenging the front three a moment ago, but now Spencer's fallen back a little bit. We'll take a break, and we'll be back. 
Nine cars on the lead lap here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway with Alan Kulwicki continuing to pace the field in the Hooters 500. Average speed, 132.096 miles an hour. Bill Elliott has been the most proficient lap leader today. He's led 85 of the 236 laps thus far. This race has been slowed five times by caution for 33 laps. Huda sitting here, Barney, during the commercial break uh, with our little abacuses going here, trying to figure if those last few uh, stops that you and I both called as regularly scheduled were indeed that or maybe a little bit early. I think we called that wrong, or I did anyway. I said it would appear to be regular scheduled stops. Jim Phillips, that's not the case apparently. Well, I thought the, all these cars could run 60 to 65 laps on fuel. It came in uh, at lap uh, 204 and got to tires and gasoline, so they should be. The next segment of pit stop should be around lap 264, 265, somewhere in that range. Dick Brooks has been down in the Maxwell House pit area for Sterling Marlin. Uh, what's Mike Beam saying down there, Dick? Well, they said they thought it, he, he thought he had a flat tire. So they came in and changed the tires, and it wasn't flat. So uh, they just changed right side, so they don't know yet. But uh, so far, they haven't found anything wrong. And interestingly, Jimmy Spencer came in at the exact same time. That's why uh, we were uh, thrown off there. But uh, both men pitted on lap 232, and they are back on the racetrack here as the laps uh, work their way towards a conclusion. 238 laps are on the scoreboard. Alan Kowicki has drove just as absolutely hard as he could all day here. And every driver that we talked to up in the top four or five of the point standing said this championship will have to be won. Nobody's going to back into it. And the fans, as we've pointed out a couple of times, if you've been with us all afternoon on our broadcast, have really been treated to some great racing, the final one of the season here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. There's still a long ways to go. Anything can happen here. Right. We're just at lap 239 of 328. Chuck Phillips has joined us here in the booth, the president of Maxwell House Coffee Company, a division of Kraft General Foods. Of course, Maxwell House involved uh, last number of years, sponsoring Junior Johnson and driver Sterling Marlin in the Maxwell House Ford. And Mr. Phillips next year, it's going to be uh, a brand new venture with a young driver stepping up to Winston Cup Racing, Bobby Labonte, who's stepping back here in the booth with us. It's going to be uh, quite a year for you. We're looking forward to it. I think having Bobby drive for us next year is going to be exciting. He's going to be in the uh, run for Rookie of the Year. And with Bill Davis' team, it's going to be another good year for Maxwell House. And it's a serious commitment, too. You guys are on board for five years. That's uh, rather lengthy in this business. It's nice to see that kind of commitment on the part of Maxwell House. Well, we're looking at a startup team, so we want to make sure we take it all the way to the championship. Maxwell House, of course, has been around the sport now for a while as we watch smoke begin to billow out of the Wrangler machine, the Ford Thunderbird for Bobby Hillen Jr. running in 21st spot here for Junie Dunlevy and a problem apparently cropping up there. Maxwell House obviously has had a good relationship with the sport, and that's nice to see you step in and, and continue to grow with the sport as caution is now being displayed on the racetrack. Well, we really enjoy this sport. It's been a good marketing channel for us, and I think uh, there's no more loyal fans in any sport than uh, NASCAR fans, and they've been good to us. Well, it's great to see you here, and we appreciate your involvement. I know the fellow here in the back of the booth does as well, Bobby Labonte, driving for Bill Davis Racing. Uh, best of luck to all of you guys for 93 and beyond. Thanks, Eli. Thank you, Chuck Phillips. Caution is on the speedway right now, so we will certainly see some pit stops more than likely under this, despite the fact that quite a few of the cars were in less than 15 laps ago. We may see quite a few of them elect to come onto pit road because some guys have been having handling problems, seen several chassis adjustments here today. Um, 
trying to figure out why the caution is on the racetrack right now. And apparently, I guess the Bobby Hillen problem probably uh, a little more severe than we had thought. He had uh, shown a little wisp of smoke and then cut the car to the inside of the racetrack, but apparently he did put down enough debris or fluid to uh, bring out the caution. Tough break here for Bobby at this stage of the day. He might be a candidate among many for the Goodies Headache Award that will be voted on a bit later on today. As well, you know, the members of the media in attendance always vote the Goodies Headache Award to a driver or the team suffering the hardest luck during the running of a particular event. And we'll find out a bit later on which driver wins that $1,000 award as voted on by the media. At this stage of the day, the Winston Cup points, Davey Allison is up by seven on Alan Kulwicki and by 15 on Bill Elliott. That's at this moment, lap 242. That's how quickly things can change here. It's been going back and forth all day long this afternoon. It's just whoever ends up having a little good luck and nobody having any bad luck. Here's the front of the field peeling off up in turns three and four, heading down pit road. Alan Kulwicki will lead him down. Bill Elliott comes in right behind him. Ernie Irvin is in. Just about uh, the top seven or eight spots look like they're about to make their pit stops right now. We'll give them time to get in their pit stalls, and we'll cover some of those stops. Terry Labonte will pit. Davey Allison will come down pit road. Ricky Rudd is in. Jeff Bodine is in. Jim Phillips. Well, Alan Kowicki is in first. Of course, he has the problem with no first gear. And Alan, these other cars do have the first gear. So if he comes down to a race, he could lose it off the pit lane. This could be the biggest break of the day for Davey Allison because the crew will not have to work on the car this time like they did the last time. And his crew will have a chance to be in the race to get him off the pit lane ahead of some of these guys. Kowicki goes out of the pit. The drag race out. Looks like Kowicki's going to win it by just a half car length. Dick Brooks. Well, there wasn't, <laughs> wasn't hardly anybody up here that uh, Sterling Marlin stopped in, and uh, and they put four tires on his car. And uh, Jimmy Spencer came in. They, they uh, fueled up his car and put some tires on it. Uh, Ricky Rudd came. They did the same thing and got him back on a racetrack. These guys uh, got trying to get finished up. I don't think they can make it on one more stop, but uh, they can sure get the right tires on. So the front seven cars have pulled back onto the racetrack. They're putting stay dry down here in the front straightaway. That was where the oil was put down by Bobby Hillen's car just a moment ago to put us under caution, and that would be the sixth one of the day. It came out at lap 241. Now we're watching the pace car bring the rest of the field through turns three and four, see how many of that pack of traffic will peel off and come onto pit road. Harry Gant is the car immediately behind the pace car. Now Gant drops off the banking up in turns three and four. And we'll come down to the attention of his pit crew here in just a moment. If you joined us a little bit late, some of the cars that have gone to the garage area and are out of the event, Jeff Gordon, Lake Speed, Mark Martin out, Jimmy Horton, Bob Shack, Rich Bickle, Wally Dolan back, Richard Petty had problems early in the event, parked it for the day, but will, is supposed to come back out and take the last couple of laps as they've made repairs to his car. Kenny Schrader, Dick Trickle, Hut Strickland, and Brett Bodine. The car is out. Let's go to the pits. Well, Morgan Shepard brings his uh, Sitco Ford in for service. Dale Earnhardt is in again. They're changing the right side tires on his car. Four tires for Shepard. Derek Cope peels into his pit lane. The pole sitter for today. Rick Mass comes into the pits to get uh, four tires and gasoline. And further up pit road, Lake Speed is getting four tires and gasoline. Dick Brooks. Well, Ted Musgrave is, Ted Musgrave is in. Uh, Darrell Walter. They're still working on that poor old car. They ain't much left on that thing. It's just uh, all, all the sheet metal's beat off of it and stuff. They got the chassis where the wheels are running pretty straight. But he's had a long day out there. And uh, Harry Camp was in. They're working on his car. It hasn't been handling the way he'd like to have it, but they keep working on it. Uh, Michael Walter, the same way, getting him back on the racetrack. 244 laps complete. We'll take a break. 
at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Track cleanup continuing. A good bit of speedy dry has been put down after the engine problems for Bobby Hillen Jr. In case you have spent the better part of this week in a cave somewhere, you might be the only person who doesn't know that Rick Wilson has been named to drive the STP Pontiac for 1993. It is going to be car number 44 as opposed to car number 43. Richard Petty said he personally is retiring number 43, although that official determination can be made only by NASCAR. But nevertheless, Rick Wilson did get the nod as the driver for the 1993 racing season. I asked Rick uh, during the press conference on Thursday here at the track when he and Richard first talked about the possibility of Rick Wilson becoming the new driver. I was at the Talladega race in May, and... Uh uh, this is probably, I think, it's, I think it's in May, and I, it was just like a month or so after what had happened in February and it was with my ride, and so I was walking around, I seen him, and he walked up in my truck, and I just followed him up in the truck, and I said, hey, I'm without a ride, you know, I, I, I kind of explained to him the circumstances and what had happened to me in the last year, and, uh, and I said, I know and probably in a month or two, this thing's going to start mushrooming, and everybody is going to be talking to you, telling to put this driver in the race car, and this one, and that one, and I said, uh, I'm just going to tell you one time, I like to drive your race car, and uh, and I appreciate if you consider it. The thoughts there of Rick Wilson, who talked to Richard Petty first in May and then hadn't talked to him or heard from him again until just a couple of weeks ago. Did you think that you were out of contention for the 43 car? I had other things going. There's no doubt about it. And I, you know, I really kind of put, my, uh, put myself on the spot because I, was, I really made my mind I wanted to go, I really wanted to drive for Richard. Uh, and uh, I kind of let some things kind of go to the side in a way. Didn't pursue them as much as I wanted to or, or as hard as I wanted to. But I lined up a bush ride, uh, and, you know, that's bad because I'm not going to be able to drive it for next year because it's something me and Richard didn't want to do, run the Winston Cup cars or run a bush car. And I had it lined up, uh, and it was a good car. Uh, matter of fact, I've been in that car before and won races in it. And uh, So at least I had something lined up to still stay in a race car. But when this happened, and uh, so uh, I kind of let that go to the side and looking forward to driving the STP Pontiac. I asked Rick what he said to his wife, Teresa, after he hung up the phone. He said, Teresa, you're never going to believe who that was on the, on the telephone. And what's really nice, too, Barney, is that Robbie Loomis, who is the uh, Richard Petty crew chief for the car, is also from Bartow, Florida. He and Rick Wilson go back together years and years ago when Rick, Rick was driving at the local short track there, and he was a 15-year-old kid, or I think he's 14 years old, the Robbie Loomis, just kind of hanging around, wanting to help any way he could. They developed a friendship that way, and they said at one point years ago, wouldn't it be nice if we got a chance to work together someday? And not only are they working together starting next year, but they're working in one of the most famous cars in all of motorsports. I think Rick will do a good job in that car. I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. Dale Inman said the other day, uh, he said, the one thing, we don't really know how good our race team is because he said coming in with a brand-new driver and everything uh, that will probably want a completely different setup in the car than Richard has, he said it, it'll probably take us a few races to get things going, but he said we look to have a good year. Here comes the field out of turn number four. The pace car is behind pit wall. Green flag about to go in the air at lap 249 of 328. Alan Klawicki is the leader. Bill Elliott's right behind him. And it's getting down to show and tell time as they haul it off into turn number one. Klawicki's not able to get too far away from Elliott. He follows as they work the lap traffic. First car in line is Kyle Petty. Now Klawicki clears that car. Elliott has to fall in line behind Kyle Petty off turn two. Morgan Shepard will be down to Elliott's inside as they come down the back straightaway and Elliott will have to go to the outside of turn number three to try and get around both Kyle Petty and try to catch up to Alan Kowicki. From the bright sunshine into the shadows of turn four, then out of the corner, back into the 
sunlight and again on the main straightaways into the shadow of the main grandstand. They'll put lap number 251 on the board. Still chasing Kowicki back to the corner. Kowicki leads the way. The lap car, Kyle Petty next in line. Bill Elliott having his hands full here trying to get rid of the Morgan Shepard car. Shepard now clears the Bill Elliott car. So now two lap machines between him and the leader. And a good scramble for third spot is won by Ernie Irvin as he moves down to the inside and around Rusty Wallace. Wallace is back to fourth. Terry Labonte runs fifth. Davey Allison sixth. Wallace had a pretty good run going here all day long. That car has been up in the top six or seven most of the day. Meanwhile, Kowicki is now pulled away by a full second. Bill Elliott continues to try and deal with Morgan Shepard back in turn one. Elliott finally squeezes out in front of Morgan Shepard coming into turn one, but Shepard's going to battle back to the inside of the racetrack, so Elliott's job's not over yet. As a matter of fact, Shepard gets by him again off turn two. And a challenge for the fourth spot. Here's Terry Labonte down to the inside of Rusty Wallace on the back straightaway as Ernie Irvin moves to the outside of the Ted Musgrave car to try and get around some of that lap traffic, keeping him from Bill Elliott. Here they work off the low side of the racetrack with Labonte working to the inside groove. Irvin is sideways. He tags Labonte. He'll come onto the inside retaining wall and collect Davey Allison. The Winston Cup point leader is in the accident. He crashes to the inside retaining wall. As Ernie Irvin got loose, he moved to the inside, hit Terry Labonte, bounced off the wall, collects Davey Allison, who now begins to back up the Ford Thunderbird. Davey is trying to get himself righted to continue on around but there is severe damage to the Texaco Haviland Ford. Davey Allison frustrated behind the wheel trying to get that Ford Thunderbird pointed in the right direction, but he can't quite get it going now, and he has gotten himself caught up in an accident at lap 253. We have said all day that all kinds of things can happen in this business, and a lot of racing left to go, yet more can even happen. Davey Allison just riding along. Ernie Irvin's car came out of turn number four. Big pack of traffic there. Couldn't really tell exactly what triggered that as far as what started it. It just looked like Ernie Irvin's car turned around, started cutting sideways. He tried to save it, went into the inside pit wall, collected Davey Allison, and that's where both cars sit for the moment. A lot of damage to Ernie Irvin's car, an awful lot of damage to Davey Allison's car, Neither one of those machines able to move at the moment. Here come the safety crews now to the scene. Caution is on the speedway. The field in the back straightaway right now. Pit crews, everybody is up on pit wall looking at the two cars that just sit helplessly for the moment here in the front stretch. Let's go down to the pits. Dick Brooks, you got a bird's eye view of that. Well, it just looked like just what you said. It looked like Ernie's car got out from under him as he went up into the wall backwards, hit on the driver's side. Uh, Davey just didn't have any place to go. He was the next guy along in line and didn't have anywhere to go and, and uh, kind of pinned him over against the wall. And then they came down. Uh, as Ernie's car come down, it drove Davey's right down underneath it, and they just hit right at the start-finish line. Davey got to trying to move, and uh, he could back up, but he couldn't go forward. It looked like the front end's completely knocked out from under it. Davey is out of the car. They're taking him. He's walking over to the ambulance, just stuck his hands up in the air like saying, oh, man, I ain't believing this. But Davey Allison apparently may be out for the day. That front end of that car really caved in. What a what a way to go out of this thing, Eli. Unbelievable. He kind of put his hands up in the air like you say, as though to say, oh, well. Then he did wave to the fans as he climbed aboard the Atlanta South Ambulance for the trip to the care center. Tony Glover, meanwhile, the crew chief for the Kodak Film Chevrolet, has run across pit road towards the pit retaining wall to check on his driver, Ernie Irvin, who is now climbing from the car virtually unassisted, and he too will walk to that very same ambulance into which Davey Allison has climbed moments ago, and they will take the ride to the infield care center 
And oh, to be a fly on the wall for that conversation, not knowing exactly what transpired. It'll be interesting as Winston Kelly makes his way to the infield care center to find out from both of those men exactly what transpired. It was close racing as the cars got together, and that was all she wrote. And now the championship battle will be settled among two men, apparently, Bill Elliott and Alan Kulwicki. And the way they've been going at it all afternoon... I want to see the finish of this one. I don't think anybody's going to leave this racetrack. They're bringing the wrecker out, second wrecker out, to hook up to Ernie Irvin's car, Davey Allison's car, on the wrecker. We'll be heading back to the garage area. And, you know, somebody has said this a dozen times, I guess, over the years. You have to lose a Winston Cup championship before you can win one. And that, that's not a, I'm sure that's not going to comfort Davey Allison at all, but just it seems that that's just the way this business works over the last 10 or 15 years. Whoever's been in contention a year or two was so close a couple of times, and then all of a sudden something like this happens, whatever it is, to take them out of it. But Davey Allison, through for the day. Let's go to the pits. Well, Barney, one thing you don't want to do when you're, when you're just 20 or 30 points ahead in the last race is have to race and back in a pack all day. And Davey's had to do that. He's uh, He started a clear at the end of the pack a time or two. He started in the middle of it a few times. He started like 17th or something on the, on the beginning and got caught up in the first or uh, second uh, lap uh, accident. And just uh, he's caught up all day. Uh, you could watch him some. I was watching him a while ago as far as uh, whether he was really going to run or not. And he could run up on Terry Labonte, but he wouldn't force anything by him just waiting for the traffic to kind of sort out. And you say, well, that's really good, and it is. It, it was just biding his time. He was sitting there. He was a champion. And then something like that happens in front of him. It's just something you can't do anything about. I asked Davey yesterday. I was kidding with him in the garage, and I said, what are you going to do? What are you going to buy with all that championship money? Pay for a house if we can win it. That's the, that's the key right now, though, being able to win that championship money. Um, this is not going to be an easy task, Barney. There's two guys right there behind us who are tough competitors and we've got to run we've got to run good here in atlanta and we've got to finish good to ensure everything you know we can't just sit back and think well what are alan and bill doing right now we've got to determine our own destiny by going out here and racing good he did that you've got to give him all the credit in the world man he did not hold back he ran the car just as hard as he could all day but so has bill elliott and so has alan kowicki only now it comes down to just two we'll take a break and we'll be back well, here we go. Getting set to go back to green. The two men who are the leading contenders for the Winston Cup Championship are also leading the event. Alan Kulwicki ahead of Bill Elliott. If you would have seen this in the movies, you would have said, well, heck, that's just Hollywood. Folks, this is for real. As we go back to green at lap 258. Alan Kulwicki is the leader. Bill Elliott is second right behind him. And it comes down to these two for the Winston Cup Championship, assuming there's no more accidents to take them out. They're back in one. One of the lap cars, Morgan Shepard, separates the front two as they come in the turn number two. Kulwicki up front. Then the lap car, Shepard. Shepard bearing down on him. Elliott falls back two car lengths further back. Rusty Wallace had trouble getting up to speed on the restart. He was running third in line when they dropped the green flag. He's lost some five positions fading back in the pack, but now Wallace seems to be up to full speed. We get word from the pit area that Rusty Wallace has a transmission problem. Let's get an update. He only has fourth gear. That was the reason for the restart. He tried to get out of everybody's way, and he did avoid getting clipped in the rear, but Rusty Wallace only has fourth gear. The leaders are in turn two. Alan Kulwicki still leads the way. Now Shepard has the inside lane. Elliott now falls in line following the tire tracks of Alan Kulwicki. Shepard hanging tough down on the inside of Kulwicki, not getting past him as Alan. Alan having trouble keeping Morgan Shepard from hindering his efforts to keep Bill Elliott back in second place. And the one thing neither one of those front two want to see right now is all that traffic that's beginning to collect up beside and below and behind those cars. As they work across the start-finish line, Alan Kulwicki is the leader. Still Morgan Shepard a couple of laps 
down underneath him in turn one. Shepard is there. Also, the lap car, Lake Speed, added to the equation. Leaders, though, work the outside lane. It's Kowicki, Bill Elliott, and Sterling Marlin. They'll run single file on the high side of the racetrack with Morgan Shepard down low. Right behind Shepard in the bottom groove is Lake Speed and Sterling Marlin's car. Now Kowicki finally gets a nose out in front of Shepard. You've got to factor in the fact that right now Bill Elliott has led the most laps of anyone today. So that would be an additional five bonus points as we come down the stretch. What if the teams ended up in a flat-footed tie in the points? Well, you'd have to go to wins to break the tie. Elliott has won four races. Kulwicki has won twice this year. So the tiebreaker would go to Bill Elliott. But that's still a ways off as we work lap 261 of 328 here in Atlanta. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. This one is going right down to the wire. It looks like Alan Kowicki has now pulled away three car lengths in turn two. Kowicki stretches out even more off the corner now, leaving Bill Elliott behind. Morgan Shepard rides along with Sterling Marlin and Lake Speed. Then comes the third place car of Jeff Bodine. And Jeff Bodine's got his hands full, is tucked tightly up on his back bumper is the Jimmy Hensley car, although Hensley's not on the lead lap. Rusty Wallace runs right behind Hensley. Rusty is the fifth place car. Jimmy Hensley, the rookie of the year here in 92, is one lap down, running in 11th, but running awfully well. Boy, that would well for that team for next year if they can get a sponsorship situation secured. Again, lap 263. No change among the lead cars in turn two. Single file. Alan Kulwicki shows the way. About two car lengths over Bill Elliott as they exit turn two. Jeff Bodine running third. Fourth on the racetrack is Rusty Wallace. Fifth is Jimmy Spencer. Ricky Rudd still hanging tough. He's the next car in line. Then you come back to Terry Labonte and Kyle Petty who got back on the lead lap when that last caution came out. And we might tell Jim Phillips, we, I don't think we've heard from Tim Brewer and the guys in the Junior Johnson Budweiser pits today might get their feelings exactly how this is affecting them right now what they're thinking about as the laps wind down here this afternoon a little bit later uh, we'll be going down there to get a report meanwhile Bill Elliott closes up two car links less than two car links out of turn number two as they head for three Elliott beginning to put the press on Kalicki as they come down the back straightaway and into the corner this the time of the day where the sun glare entering turn number three really begins to play harshly on the drivers NASCAR has allowed the teams to send an extra man over the pit wall during pit stops to take care of that windshield put some tape over the top portion of the windshield as an additional sun visor should it be needed so the eighth man will be able to to go across the wall here should a late pit stop be needed in turn two the lead cars battle again Bill Elliott goes to the inside of Alan Kowicki. Took a peek there, but now off the corner. Falls back in behind the leader. Elliott all over the back of Kowicki's back bumper as they come to the entrance of the corner. Kowicki stretches it out at the end of the straightaway by about a half a car length. But as he slides up in the turn, Elliott looks down low. Now, if this race runs normal like it has for the last uh, 100 laps or so that we've watched these cars out there, Kowicki seems to drop off a little bit. The longer Elliott runs, the stronger that car seems to get. At least that's been the trend a couple of times. They work back into turn number one. Elliott gets a little bit closer. And Elliott's got a hooked up down to the inside of the racetrack, whereas Kowicki uses that outside lane. Each time off turn two, he'll get a run at him, but Kowicki gets off the corner better. But for now, Elliott will stay single file up behind Kowicki, where he's taken the low groove the last couple of turns through. Now Elliott's going to try the high side of turn four. Here they come through the corner. Kowicki drops back to the middle groove one more time. He'll come out of the corner and head back to the start-finish line. 266 on the board, 328 making up the total difference here today. That's 500 miles at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, a jam-packed facility here with the Hooters 500 to be settled in just a short while and the Winston Cup Championship as well. Davey Allison has just come from the infield care center. Winston Kelly is down there along with the rest of the media to see what Davey has to say. Winston? 
Well, Davey has just climbed out, and he's trying to talk to uh, his wife, Liz, and uh, there are a host of folks around here. We're making our way over here to Davey Allison, try to get a comment from here. Davey, Davey, what happened out there? Well, it looked like Ernie must have had a flat tire or something. A car just got away from him, but, um, you know, that's the way it goes. It just wasn't meant to happen this year, and our guys deserve better. They, they made a gallant effort. They worked hard. They, they earned the right to be the champions, but it just wasn't meant to be. So we'll go back and get ready for next year. With all the ups and downs, you've really got to be proud of the entire team. Well, I'm proud of the entire team. I'm proud of my family. And I want to say thanks to all those fans out there that sent us letters of encouragement and phone calls and cards and everything. It just meant an awful lot to us, and we appreciate it. Regardless of what happens this afternoon as far as the points, Davey Allison has had a tremendous year. He's been great to work with. Look forward to seeing him next year. This will be a year in Davey Allison's life that he will remember as long as he lives. There's no question about that. A little bit of everything has happened to Davey, some good, some bad. Back in turn number three, Elliott each time seems to be able to get a little bit stronger. Drops down to the bottom of the racetrack. Kowicki's car will kick up in the corner. And Alan Bestwick, as they work through there every time, it looks like Alan Kowicki's car gets a little bit higher and Bill Elliott runs a little bit stronger. Well, one of the interesting things about the place that I get to watch the race from, Barney, which is just outside the retaining wall at the entrance to turn number three, get a good view looking back into the bowl of turns three and four, is watching both Kowicki and Elliott experiment with different lines in these first five, six laps since we've gone back to green flag racing. They tried it down the bottom of the racetrack a couple times. They've tried it at the top of the racetrack a couple of times, both kind of seeking out which is faster than the other guy might be able to run at a particular corner. Here they come back to the start-finish line. 271 go up on the board now as Elliott is still within a couple of car lanes of the race leader, Alan Kowicki. Running in third is Jeff Bodine. Rusty Wallace is fourth. Jimmy Spencer, fifth. Ricky Rudd in sixth. Labonte is seventh. Kyle Petty is eighth. Those cars are on the lead lap. In the ninth spot, one lap down, Sterling Marlin. Tenth is Jimmy Hensley. Eleventh, Ted Musgrave. Twelfth, Dale Jarrett. Bobby Hamilton is thirteenth. Two laps down, or rather three laps down now. In 14th spot, Morgan Shepard. 15th is Harry Gant. Michael Waltrip is 16th. Dave Marcus running in the 17th spot. Chad Little is in 18th. Derek Cope, 19th. And 20th is Eddie Beerswall. As of lap 270, two laps ago, Bill Elliott has led 85 laps. Alan Kowicki has led 63 laps. So there's still a chance for Kowicki to get those bonus points as the man who leads the most laps today. This one's still far from over. The calculators are working overtime here in the booth. I'll tell you what, this is the way a championship is supposed to be settled. It's just a heartbreaking for Davey Allison to have to go out the way he did. Across the line, back into the corner, 273 laps on the scoreboard. We'll be right back. 275 laps on the scoreboard here in Atlanta as they're about to settle the Winston Cup Championship here as the sun moves a little further westward. It is still exactly the running like we said a moment ago. Alan Kowicki is the leader. Bill Elliott's there within striking distance. It'll vary from a half a car length to about the present three car lengths as he rides behind him. From the Atlanta Motor Speedway, this is MRN Radio. 277 laps complete of 328. Alan Kowicki continuing to lead now. We'll get the differential here at the start-finish line. It is seven-tenths of a second on second-place Bill Elliott. Good battle from fourth place on back, tied tightly together. Rusty Wallace, Jimmy Spencer, along with Ricky Rudd. Kyle Petty is there as well as those cars steam back off in a turn number one. So a lot of stories yet to be settled here at the Hooters 500. We do want to take a moment to congratulate Deborah Winder of Leesport, Pennsylvania, the winner of the Kodak 
Black Show Your True Colors photo contest for the month of October. The contest gives fans the chance to capture the excitement of NASCAR racing on film, and there's been a ton of that here today. As a monthly winner, Deborah wins a Kodak Star camera special outfit. She's now eligible for the year-end grand prize, which is a 1993 Chevy Lumina. If you'd like to enter, see your local Kodak dealer and participate in the Show Your True Colors contest with Kodak Film. 279 laps are on the scoreboard here at Atlanta as they continue to wind down, and uh, Dick Brookser will have to make another pit stop, right? Yeah, they're going to have to stop, Barney. I don't think anybody can make it all the way to the end. They're, they may get within about uh, six or eight laps, but I don't believe they're going to be able to run all the way. They haven't run that far all day. Jim Phillips, you were down in uh, the Budweiser pit a moment ago, and I believe you told us on a commercial break that nobody in the team wanted to talk right now, and I can't blame them for that. No, they, really what they're concerned about is how many laps they have to lead this race to have led the most laps. That's the concern right now. Then, of course, the Wiki's been pitting uh, off the laps uh, here recently, and he's in contention himself to lead the most laps. But the way I've got it figured, the green flag pit stops, or the way that we pitted last time, should start about uh, lap 303 to 305, somewhere in that area. So we'll have a lot of racing after they make the last stop. Well, they're going to need to do something. Now, we have just uh, gotten a note here in the booth that if Alan Kowicki should continue to lead up to lap 293, he would then become the, the driver leading the most laps today. We'll double-check that and make sure, but if he continues to lead up until that point, he would lead the most laps, and I don't think Elliott could overtake him. That's another dozen laps from now, and it'll be about 10 laps shy of where uh, Jim is telling us those pit stops are going to occur. So that's how the numbers game shakes. A lot of folks say there's not all that many statistics they want to be bothered with, but on a day like today, statistics are very much a part of the story. We want to also say our congratulations to Kenny Henderson of Cleveland, Alabama, who correctly named Ernie Irvin as the leader at the halfway lap today. Ernie took home $10,000, and Kenny Henderson as now is the proud owner of a brand-new Chevrolet Lumina from the Gillette Company, the final Gillette Halfway Challenge contest for the 1992 season. Our congratulations to you, Kenny, and our thanks to the folks at Gillette who've put on a very, very popular promotion here in 1992. It really has been. Alan Kowicki across the line back into turn number one he's ahead of bill elliott now by some eight or nine car lengths as they work out of turns one and two and up the back straightaway and continue to circulate around this racetrack looks like they're going to ride that way for a moment we'll take just a quick minute to uh, talk about dick Beatty, who has been has meant so much to nascar the winston cup competition director for the last several years he's been a very stabilizing force in nascar's racing over the years this will be his last race here today as dick Beatty has decided to uh, retire and enjoy some time traveling and doing some of the things he wanted to do. You talked with him a little bit this weekend, and I did too. It's very emotional for Dick Beatty, much as it is with Richard Petty, because they've both been in this business a long time. I talked to Dick yesterday, and he just can't believe how many friends he has made in this business, and they're all coming up now and talking to him, and it's really getting to him. Well, it touches you. It really does. And uh, the truck drivers this morning uh, gave me a nice trophy, and, you know, I really appreciate it. Uh, the racing part, I'll miss it too, but not nearly, as I said a moment ago, not nearly as much as my friends. And that's a, that's the way a lot of people feel in this business. I mean, you, you can always stay home and listen to us, I guess, if you need to, or watch it on TV, or come to a race now and then, but uh, not to be here week after week. That's just like family. Same thing for you and I. We know these sure. people, you spend more time with them than you do your family. But 
at a, at a given week during the season. That's really true. You're at the racetrack four, five days a week, and you're home just a couple days a week, and this does become your adopted family. Dick Beatty has been the Winston Cup director now for 12 and a half years. He has been involved with NASCAR since 1958. Of course, his real job in those days was the assistant director of the Charlotte, North Carolina, Douglas International Airport, a job that uh, he gave up to go Winston Cup racing full-time, as we say, better than a dozen years ago. And uh, very emotional in the garage area early today, Dick and his wife May, and we wish them the very best. I dare say we have not seen the end of Dick Beatty, though. He's going to be around now to, to start uh, bothering all of us in the media. He's a nice guy. And now that's one thing he's done. He has brought the media and NASCAR much closer together in the garage area. If there's a question, as we've had on NASCAR Live on Tuesday nights, about a ruling or something, you pick up the phone, you call him at home, he'd give you the answer. It wasn't always that way in NASCAR's formative years, and Dick really has brought that element of the sport light years forward. He's going to be greatly missed in this business, no question about that, and I'm sure he's going to miss uh, being here every weekend. It'll take a while to adjust to it. 287 laps, 328 will make up the Hooters 500 this afternoon. Alan Kulwicki going for his first Winston Cup championship, and it looked like some five or six races ago that he was totally out of the picture. It's been a strange year, the way the points have gone up and down between Davey Allison and Bill Elliott and Alan Kulwicki, and even Kyle Petty came back into it there for a while. It was still mathematically a possibility today. Had The front runners had trouble early in the race. About six or seven. I can't remember this many cars coming into the last race of the year as they was here today that should the first three or four pile up on the first couple of laps and go out that the guys running fifth and sixth could have ended up winning the championship. One of those. It goes back a long way, I'm sure, to try and find uh, those kind of numbers if it's happened at all before. In three laps, Alan Kulwicki will tie Bill Elliott. Each man will have led some 85 laps here this afternoon. Then on lap 293, the five-point bonus for leading the most laps would go over to the Alan Kulwicki column here, getting him five uh, points closer towards clinching his first Winston Cup championship. Just looking here, looking in the record book, and I don't believe I've missed one, but we'd have to double-check. I think it goes back to 1960. That is if Kowicki hangs on to win the championship. The last time a driver-owner won the Winston Cup championship. Rex White is the name I came up with from 1960. We'll have to look at that again, but uh, ever since then, the guy who's won the championship, the driver, has been driving for someone else. The last time it was a driver-owner, I believe, was 1960 uh, with Rex White. So well, that's not counting Richard Petty for Petty Enterprises, obviously. So uh, we'll follow up on that as uh, this day unfolds. Now lap 290 on the board of 328. And we're seeing a lot of the pit crews, a little activity down there. And uh, Jim Phillips, when are most of these stops likely to occur? Dick Brooks said probably around lap 302, 304, somewhere in there. That's the way it should uh, fall, Barney, since they have it about lap 243. They've been running around the 60-lap mark, some of these teams. I think Elliott's team probably can run 65 laps all year long. They've had the best gas mileage of any of the teams on the circuit, so they should be around uh, uh, 305, somewhere in that range. Alan Kowicki is still leading Bill Elliott. Elliott was up there a couple of times on a couple of extended runs today. Elliott's car has gotten better. That's not going to be the case in this uh, particular segment of the pit stops. Let's go to the pits. And the car that you just heard in the background is that of Davey Allison. They're trying to get that car back onto the racetrack. He's rolling back onto pit lane so he can try to pick up some more of those Winston Cup points. A lot of difference in the money between third, fourth, and fifth place, some forty to $45,000, $50,000 per position. So Davey Allison going back out onto the track. 
Davey is being posted in 28th position. Car 28 in 28th spot, 40 laps down. So obviously his chances of winning the title are out the window. But right now he's trying to get himself a fourth place uh, spot as far as Winston Cup points are concerned. Alan Kowicki has just crossed the line. Lap 293 means he has now led 86 laps to Bill Elliott's 85. So for the moment, the five-point bonus for leading the most laps will revert over to the Kowicki column as he tries to close in on his first-ever Winston Cup championship. Very shortly, they'll be making the final pit stop of the day, and this race could be won or lost as well as the Winston Cup championship on how well they get in and out of the pits. From the Atlanta Motor Speedway, this is MRN Radio. It is one and two-tenths seconds, the, in, the advantage now that Adam Kowicki has on second place running Bill Elliott. Those two men trying to settle this race among themselves as they are also trying to settle the 1992 Winston Cup championship. Jeff Bodine, a strong third-place run. Rusty Wallace in fourth. Jimmy Spencer fifth. Ricky Rudd sixth. Kyle Petty seventh. And Terry Labonte is an eighth. Those eight cars on the lead lap. We got our first look at the new Terry Labonte car for 1992, or excuse me, for 93 earlier today. It'll be car number 14 with the Kellogg's Cornflake sponsorship, a basic black car with the white, red, and yellow. At this very moment, it is a 20-point lead for Alan Kulwicki on second place, Bill Elliott. 71 points back is Davey Allison. He is currently in third place in the points ahead of Kyle Petty, who is some 36 points further behind. So as of this very moment, Davey Allison would be back on the track, dropping from first to third in the points. But as you said, Brian, that's a big difference between third and fourth place. And we'll take a look at the payoff uh, while we're waiting for those pit stops to come up here in the next few laps. A million dollars, of course, to the Winston Cup champion. Second place in the Winston Cup standings pays $330,000. Third place pays $225,000. Fourth place, $160,000. And if you finish fifth in the Winston Cup points, $125,000. And that's an awful lot of money and a big variation between those positions up there toward the front of the pack particularly. Watching them wide around here, here comes the leader, Alan Kowicki, out of turn number four. As they're watching the laps wind down, getting ready to go into the pits here in just a moment. Ricky Rudd's car off the pace over in front of Joe Moore. Doesn't seem that the car is running, Barney. He dropped off the pace coming into turn one. Slow drop down to the inside of the racetrack. He was coasting when he came by us. He's now up in turn three. And the car showing some smoke out from behind it as it coasts along on the bottom of the racetrack. He comes underneath us. Doesn't appear to be running. Also, it sounds like Kyle Petty's car may be developing some sort of a miss in the engine. He's fallen off the pace the last couple of laps. The engine sounds a little rough when it comes by us. Ricky Rudd had been running in sixth position. Had a pretty good run here today. Lost the power steering on the car and had to kind of really wrestle the car all day long. Now he's limping down pit road. Jim Phillips is down in the pits. What's the mood as they get ready to make these final pit stops there? Well, the Budweiser team's getting uh, their car cards ready, their tires ready. They need to loosen their car up just a little bit. Talk to one of the crew members. They say, we're just a little bit tight right now. That's the reason Kawicki has the advantage. When they come in the pits, they're going to make an adjustment to try to make the car a little bit more freer in the turns, and Elliott can run faster. Boy, they can't waste any time at all. No. They're going to have to hit it right on the numbers, or they're going to lose an awful lot of ground. I think Jim Phillips, not Jim Phillips, just talk to Jim. It's been a long day. been a long year, right? Dick Brooks is standing up near Alan Kawicki's pit, and I guess about the same situation there, Dick. Well, they're they're uh, making sure that the tires are properly aired. They got uh, exactly the right amount of the air in them that they want. Sometimes uh, people don't understand. I think maybe five pounds of air pressure, especially on a cool day like today, five pounds of air pressure can make the difference in uh, 
up to a tenth of a second even. Uh, it's generally not quite that much, but it can be quite a bit. So they want to make sure that the tire pressure is right. They want to make sure everybody knows what the next move is. When they come in, they don't want to get too much confusion and uh, and get the thing as slick as they can and uh, get them back on a racetrack. One thing I think they're probably uh, nobody will know yet until uh, both cars have stopped what each team's going to do. Now, Junior done this so many times, you know, he's pretty sharp at uh, pulling something out of the hat. So uh, if he stops first, it's going to give Kowicki's team a little idea of what they've got to do. If Kowicki's team stops first, I expect Junior will pull some kind of a trick. What about the transmission situation that uh, Kowicki's been fighting all day, Dick? I walked up, I asked about three or four people in the crew, you got a transmission problem? A couple of them walked off, one of them said, we're okay. From the way he went out of the pits on that last stop, it didn't look to me like he had any transmission problem whatsoever because they were burning rubber, doing a burnout, going down to get started there, just like everybody else does. Uh, so it didn't appear that he had lost first gear in the car, but uh, who knows? Before we get to this final round of pit stops, let's all of us here at MRN congratulate Miss Jean Hill of Kingsland, Georgia, who is listening to this broadcast as she does each weekend on WKBX Radio in Kingsland. Jean Hill has won the Goodies Daytona 500 Dream Vacation. She'll be joining us at Speed Weeks 1993. She was one of the many thousands who took time to enter the contest, sponsored again this year by Goodies Manufacturing. And we'll see Gene Hill at Daytona for the 500, the 300, the tour of the garage area. She'll get $1,500 in spending money and four nights accommodations at the Treasure Island Inn. Called there earlier today and talked to her husband, who is excited and ecstatic. They are both very big racing fans. So we'll see Gene Hill in Daytona as the winner of the goodies Daytona 500 Dream Vacation. Had a couple of cars. Actually, we've had three cars make pit stops here in the last three or four laps. Uh, Jeff Bodine was in to make his final stop of the day in the Motorcraft Ford of Bud Moore. Dave Marcus was in in his car, and just a moment ago it looked like Morgan Shepard made his stop. Here comes Jimmy Spencer down. He's had a great run here in Atlanta this afternoon, and Bobby Allison's Ray Bestis car to make his final stop of the day as he eases down into the pits. Let's cover that stop. Well, they're going to do just right side tires. They're cleaning off the windshield, uh, putting in some fuel. As soon as they get the tires on, I'm sure they'll just drop it and go. They're not even got two cans up. They're only using one can. He's going away. As Alan mentioned before, the smoke now beginning to show the telltale problems on the mellow yellow Pontiac for Kyle Petty, apparently losing a cylinder and the smoke now coming out of the header pipes. A tough way for this day to uh, progress now. Just 20 laps from conclusion. Here come Rusty Wallace. Here comes Sterling Marlin. Remember, Wallace is one who definitely is battling a transmission problem. Let's cover his stop. Rusty comes in smooth. The crew goes to work. It's going to be a gas-only stop, but every crew member that can get across the wall without getting a penalty is behind the car. Rusty stalls the car out. It dies on his eye. gets it started and he's on his way. Rusty Wallace down and away will be a little bit slower than he'd like getting back up to speed as he moves back onto the racetrack. Here's Lake Speed and the Purex car making his final stop of the day as there is one more round of pit stops for just about everybody. Can somebody pull a rabbit out of the hat as Dick Books uh, predicted a minute ago that Junior Johnson and the team might do? Well, we're just going to have to wait and see. Bill Elliott's closed in on Alan Kowicki now as that last pit stop is due here in the next few laps. We anticipated it coming up even before now, but Bill Elliott has caught him over in turn number two. Elliott's car getting stronger and stronger, and Kowicki's car beginning to fade a bit. Kowicki looks to the high side of the racetrack. Elliott had a shot at him down low, falls to the outside. Now he'll try him there. Kowicki 
Ricky ducks down to the inside of the back straightaway. He's going to give Elliott the room on the high side of the racetrack. Elliott's going to sweep around him as Kowicki steps on the brake pedal and heads for the pit lane. The signboard is out. That bright orange, yellow, and black AK, the big neon signboard on pit road. Here comes the Hooters Ford. Allen gets that car woed down, as they say. He doesn't want to exceed the NASCAR speed limit now. He's got a 20-point bulge in the chase for the championship at lap 311, 328, making up the distance. Paul Andrews and the boys are ready. Dick Brooks. Well, they go over the wall, no tires, just gas only, and away he goes. So he was only, uh, I got that at about 329. Three seconds, three and point twenty-nine seconds. Well, that'll work for him right there. Just a splash of fuel. In comes the Purelator Chevrolet. A quick bit of fuel there for Derek Cope and that team. Jimmy Horton is in for service. The smoke intensifying now from the Kyle Petty Pontiac as he limps around trying to make these final dozen or so laps before the engine expires there. And we're waiting for the Bill Elliott pit stop. Well, Jim Phillips, what do you do now? Alan Kowicki came in, and he has set the tone for this thing. So what do you think Junior's guys are going to do? Well, I thought Junior's guys were going to try to force Kowicki to make a decision. They wanted to see what he was going to do. They were going to stay out longer, but uh, they don't have any tires up on the wall. Henry Benfield is... Standing over here with a can of gasoline, I think it's going to be the same thing. I think that Kowicki forced their hand just to get the tires or the gasoline only and go out with uh, no new tires. Well, apparently, Alan Kowicki feels like with the tires he has on there and all the way around that his car is as good or better than Bill Elliott's, assuming he pits under the same conditions, takes only fuel, and goes back onto the racetrack. It's a gamble that could work. It's a gamble that could not pay off for them. Here's Kyle Petty in the pits right now. The smoke is a little bit more than it was a moment ago. Let's go to the pits. Well, he's got smoke running out ever, ever bit of it. it uh, as he comes by, we'll see. Well, it's coming straight out of the pipe, so uh, both of them are smoking, so he's got some water in there someplace. Here's Bill Elliott making his final stop of the day. Let's see what they do to Jim Phillips. Okay, here comes Bill Elliott in slowly. Henry Benfield has the gas can. It gets a couple of splashes in it. They're motioning to go on. It took 3.7 seconds to do the work on Bill Elliott's car. Bill Elliott's car down and away as he sweeps back into turn number one. So right now, both those cars taking only a splash of fuel. Let's see who it's going to pay off for. Terry Labonte will take over the lead right now here at lap number 314. He has yet to make a pit stop. Labonte with one of the very best runs of the year here in the season finale as they begin to gear up for 1993. Just 14 laps remaining here at this Atlanta Motor Speedway as everybody waits to see this Winston Cup championship shakedown and the final race of the year also on the line. Alan Kulwicki, what a shot in the armor would be. The Hooters team trying to win the Hooters 500. Here comes Kulwicki to the stripe. We'll get a differential 3.83 seconds and of course things will still shake around here a bit with Labonte expected to make his final pit stop in just a moment or so. 315 laps are on the board. 328 will make up the Hooters 500 here this afternoon as they work around the racetrack. And Alan Bestwick, right now, that interval is a pretty big one for Kulwicki to run down Bill Elliott. Well, I think the big thing was that Elliott got back out of the pits and up the speed quicker than Kulwicki had made when he made his pit stop. Elliott's got almost a quarter-mile lead on Alan Kulwicki, the full length of the back straightaway now. And if there can be a couple of cars that could finish ahead of Alan Kulwicki and behind Bill Elliott... That could change the complexion of this thing in a hurry. But there's, in this business, you don't take anything for granted. Just kind of watch what happens and tell the folks who are listening here this afternoon, we'll just have to sit here like everybody else and wonder how it's going to come out. We'll pause 10 seconds on MRN Radio for station identification. Here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway, watching the laps wind down, these fans standing on their feet, 10 laps to go. 
Hill Elliott is the race leader. He'll get the 10 to go signal from Doyle Ford as they come to the start finish line this time. Again, it is a 20 point difference between Kulwicki and Bill Elliott. Right now, with Elliott ahead of Kulwicki, it is a 15 point difference, but there is still a couple of positions, a couple three spots that would have to be accounted for here before Bill Elliott could waltz into his second Winston Cup championship. Be interesting to see if Kowicki wins it, whether he's going to take uh, what he used to call that Polish victory lap when he drove backwards at Phoenix. Remember that, Barney, after his very first win ever a couple years ago? I think we heard, uh, heard him say in the garage area this morning that was a very good possibility that Alan Kowicki did plan to do that. The laps are winding down, 10 to go, 318 on the scoreboard. Looking for Bill Elliott's car over in turn number three as it goes out of the sunlight up into the shadows as the sun continues to move even further west. It's now behind the banking up in turns three and four. Here's Elliott across the line. These fans watching. Here comes Kulwicki out of turn number four. About three quarters of a straightaway separate the two. That has just been the 103rd lap of the day that Elliott has led, tying him with Alan Kulwicki. So the next time by, should Elliott still be leading, which looks as though is the probability, that lap leader bonus of five points would revert back to Bill Elliott's side. So that now will bring it down to some ten points of a differential with just some nine laps to go here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. Elliott coming out of turn number four in the Budweiser Ford. And as we've said so many times, uh, the competition between Davey Allison this year, the competition that uh, Alan Kowicki has provided and Bill Elliott, it's a shame that there's no way to have three Winston Cup champions, but there will be only one. And very shortly, that will be decided. Eight laps to go. 320 on the scoreboard. Elliott's in the back straightaway, heading for three. And right now, the big thing in Alan Kowicki's favor, who's running in second a good distance behind Elliott, is that Kowicki has almost the full length of the back straightaway on third place, Jeff Bodine. And then another good distance on fourth place, Jimmy Spencer. Both of those cars will have to get by Kowicki for Elliott to win the title. Here comes Kowicki out of turn four. Kyle Petty's Pontiac now really spewing blue smoke all the way around the speedway. He is up against the inside retaining wall as close as you can go without hitting the wall. He is staying well out of everybody's way as he works back into turn number one with the lead cars now completing lap 321. Seven miles to go, or seven laps to go, rather, for the race leader, Bill Elliott, and Winston Cup champion for the first time, Alan Kowicki. Should he be able to hold on for these final handful of laps? Kowicki is in no hurry right now to get around any traffic whatsoever on this racetrack, although he has a whole straightaway before he would catch anybody anyway. All he needs to do is just stay exactly where he is. As Alan Bestwick pointed out, there's nobody even close to catching him to take away a couple of positions that would give Bill Elliott the championship. Right now, the only thing that the Budweiser team can hope for would be for Alan Kowicki to have some kind of a problem. They're back in three. Elliott now is already in the middle of turn number four. Here's Kowicki just entering the corner, the orange and white four, ducking down into the shadows behind the banking of the turn. Dick Brooks is down in the Alan Kowicki pit area. Anybody breathing down there, Dick? Well, they're just standing here, you know. There's not anybody can say anything. They're just uh, looking at each other and watching the car go around the racetrack. They expect if uh, nothing changes, they're okay. And they, they know as well as anybody else that uh, it's never over until the very last lap. So it can still happen. And the STP Pontiac is sitting poised to go back onto the racetrack. Richard Petty in the heavily damaged car. Still see the black marks down the side where it caught on fire. Richard Petty will roll the STP Pontiac back under competition 
one final time. And this crowd is really going to give him a cheer when he comes back onto the speedway. The laps continue to wind down. Dave Marcus, a little puff of smoke out of his car as he works back into turns one and two. Bill Elliott's over in turn two. Bill Elliott leads the way down, taking it down the back straight away, closing in on some lap traffic directly ahead in turn three. Elliott running a couple of car lengths behind Dale Jarrett's car, who he'll put a lap down. Elliott has stretched his margin over Kulwicki considerably over the last couple of laps. Kulwicki just biding his time now as he now comes into turn three. Lap 324 on the board now with 328 making up the full story. We are four laps away from wrapping up this Hooters 500 and wrapping up a Winston Cup championship, which apparently will go to Alan Kulwicki in his seventh full year of Winston Cup competition. Bill Elliott back into the corner. Elliott now onto the back straightaway, working his way to the outside of the wounded Darrell Waltrip car. Also will go by one more time the smoking Kyle Petty car, who's down on the safety apron of the racetrack. Bill Elliott drives real high between turns three and four. He'll be catching some lap traffic here in just a moment. Shouldn't be any problem for him whatsoever as he swings across the line. Another time to head back to turn number one. Elliott climbs the banking going into the corner. Three slower cars directly ahead. Dale Jarrett there, Jimmy Horton, and the Rusty Wallace car directly ahead for the race leader. Budweiser Ford goes to the outside off turn two and hits the back straightaway. And as Elliott comes down the high side of the straightaway, Bobby Hamilton's car limps down onto the safety apron, coasting back towards the pit lane. That's Bill Elliott roaring by, trying to bypass now the Jimmy Horton car on the outside of four. Now as we watch everybody pointing as Richard Petty brings the STP Pontiac back onto the racetrack for the final lap. White flag for Bill Elliott. He's heading back to turn number one. Bill Elliott goes to the outside and Jimmy Horton flashes by that machine. Closes in now the Dale Jarrett car. Directly ahead, Alan Kowicki now just coming in to turn number one. He'll close in on the Mike Wallace car. Work the middle groove off turn two and hit the back straightaway. Elliott is going to win the battle. Kowicki is going to win the war. Here's Bill Elliott into turn number three and four. Kowicki is half way down the back straightaway. Bill Elliott has done everything he possibly could do to win the Winston Cup championship, but he will come up a little short. He will win the race as he swings across the line to take the checkered flag. Here comes Alan Kowicki out of turn number four, the new Winston Cup champion. All he needs to do, 200 feet, he does it across the line, and Alan Kowicki has won the Winston Cup championship. Let's go down to the pits. Well, I don't know what you can do down here. <laughs> not going to be able to get a hold of any of the crew people, I don't think, uh, with all the people that's here. But they uh, they are having a good time. I'll tell you, they've uh, Western Auto picked uh, Danny Clyde uh, uh, on the team as the crew chief uh, or, the, or the mechanic of the race award anyway. So they got another thousand dollars just for that. But uh, we'll have to get back to him just in a minute. We have got some very special post-race ceremonies for you. The race winner, of course, going to victory lane. The Winston Cup champion will be paraded around this racetrack, as will Richard Petty, Barney Hall, whose own broadcasting career has paralleled the successes and the years of Richard Petty's driving career, already making his way downstairs. And I think it's appropriate that Barney make that final lap around in the convertible with Richard Petty to talk over the years and to talk over this fine 1992 season. You'll be hearing that as part of our post-race coverage as Bill Elliott wins the Hooters 500 and Alan Kulwicki does the 1992 Winston Cup Championship dance. And we'll find out here shortly whether Alan begins to do... Well, here he is. He's making the turn. He's going to do that Polish victory lap here. Alan Kulwicki will turn around on the racetrack, and he is going to do a lap in the wrong direction. He's not backing up, but he is going around the racetrack to turn four, then to turn three, turn two, and turn one. The Polish victory lap, as he calls it, emblematic of the 1992 NASCAR Winston Cup Championship. 
NASCAR Today continues on MRN Radio, sponsored by Ford and your local Ford dealers who invite you to see the exciting lineup of tough Ford trucks. Well, it is all over here at the Atlanta Motor Speedway. A lot of winners. One of those is in victory lane right now with Dick Brooks. Well, I'll tell you, Bill, I don't know how close it can come, man. It's just about about as exciting as a man can get all day, especially in a home time, but it just didn't happen. Well, I'll tell you what, to win in front of the hometown crowd is worth a million bucks. I mean, we're kind of backed into it into the the spring, but, you know, to come down here and run like we did here today, and, you know, Kowicki was good, and I can't take a thing away from him, but, you know, we were good too, and he was a little better on cold tires, and I was a little better on hot tires, but, you know, it's just one of them situations that, you know, he got around me, and I did, man, I raced every lap like it was the last one. What the, what I was thinking, what was going on in the last, I don't know, 30, 40, 50 laps? I know Brewer didn't want to talk, Junior didn't want to talk, nobody wanted to say anything, did you? Were you guys talking back and forth saying, well, if we do this, we'll do that? Well, no, we knew what we had to do. I mean, I was going to stay out as long as I could, you know, try to catch him, try to keep as least amount of time between myself and him as what I could. And, you know, we got in and out of the pits good, and that's all that mattered. What are you going to do now? Shoot, I'm going to go take a break from this stuff. <laughs> all right, I'll tell you, there's, uh, there's some uh, bitter sorrow here, I guess, or, or sweet sorrow, one or the other. Uh, they uh, just sitting here kind of... Uh, you know, the happy because they're in the winner's circle, but uh, I don't know. There's a million bucks out to win it, too. So the victory lane ceremonies for Bill Elliott, who wins today. He led 102 laps is what the final numbers will come out to be. Seven caution flags for 45 laps. The average speed of 133.322 miles an hour. 27 cars were still running in the field of 41. Let's go down to Barney Hall, who has made his way down to the pit road area. He'll be joined in just a moment or so by the King, Richard Petty. Barney's going to be a great atmosphere down there now. And obviously Barney in the middle of all of that celebrating. We are watching Alan Kowicki climb from his car. Let's check in downstairs. Well, Eli, we've caught up with Jeff Bodine, who was the third-place finisher today. Had a good run this afternoon, Jeff. Yeah, with all the... Stuff that went on out there, gas and tires and wrecks. We dodged a bunch of wrecks. And, of course, right now my main concern is my brother. Uh, Kathy said they took him to the hospital just to check him out. He's okay, but probably a concussion and going to check his old noodle out a little bit. Uh, so, Brett, uh, that's who we're concerned about right now. The, the race, that's nothing compared to what he went through. That was a bad lick up there and really scared me. You had one of the strongest cars earlier in the day, and then it seemed to fade and then came back. What happened to it? Oh, you know, race drivers and mechanics, we tend to tinker with things, and we just got the setup off. And thank goodness the, the last run there, we, we had the right setup. The car ran really good. I just got behind on that last restart. Rusty didn't have any gears, and by the time I got by him, uh, Bill and, and Alan were gone. And congratulations to Alan for the championship. Bill, the race, uh, pretty good day for those guys. And uh, but still, uh, Brad, if you're listening, or Diane, uh, we're going to be checking in with them, make sure everything's okay. Hi, Matt and Barry, they're back home. And family is the most important thing in this uh, business. Uh, racing's nothing compared to that. That's for sure what Jeff Bodine said. The team that came on very strong the second half of the year with two wins, a good, strong year for the Motorcraft team. 
Meanwhile, Alan Kowicki has climbed from his car on pit road. He has jumped up on the roof of the Hooters Ford Thunderbird to begin celebrating the NASCAR Winston Cup Championship. This was Alan's 202nd Winston Cup race, as we say in what is now his seventh full year of Winston Cup competition. This is only the second time that the second-place driver entering the final race has won the championship. It's a first for Alan Kowicki and a first for his crew chief, Paul Andrews, who has been a crew chief for some 145 events. A very successful year for the Hooters Ford here in 1992. Coming into this year, or to this race, they had two wins, 10 top fives, 16 top tens, and they led 19 races. With their leading today, they have led 20 of the 29 Winston Cup races. A remarkable record of consistency for Alan Kulwicki and the Hooters Ford Thunderbird. Barney Hall is down on pit road right now. And, Barn, I see you're waiting for Richard Petty to join you there in just a bit. Yeah, it's been pandemonium down here, Eli, for the last few minutes. They have the uh, Pontiac convertible bringing it back up pit road. They, they're having trouble finding Richard. They said he went back to the garage area, but I think he's coming out right now. We'll get a word with him just as quick as we can. So Barney Hall and Richard Petty will be in that Pontiac uh, Firebird uh, convertible. We'll also have Jim Phillips riding around with Alan Kulwicki in just a moment or so. While the postmortems are also taking place in the garage, area let's check back in with Winston Kelly well we're looking around trying to catch, catch up with Jimmy Spencer to see if he has uh, come back in to his uh, holler area the crew members telling me that he has walked down toward the uh, scale area where they're way in the Ray Bestas Ford Thunderbird another strong run for Jimmy Spencer we'll try to get a comment from him in just a moment some of the post-race honors now coming in. Of course, the Western Auto Mechanic of the Race Award going to Danny Glad. A very well-thought-out uh, honor there for a member of the Hooters Ford Thunderbird team. The Plastic Coat Winning Finish Award goes each and every week to the crew chief for the winning racing team. That today will be Tim Brewer, crew chief for the Bill Elliott Budweiser Ford. Bill Elliott himself winning the event, inducted into the Gatorade Circle of Champions yet again. The fifth win for Bill Elliott here in the 1992 NASCAR Winston Cup schedule. It was his 39th career victory in 377 starts. The way the Winston Cup points will end, It'll be a 10-point margin between the winner, Alan Kulwicki, and the second-place man, Bill Elliott. 63 points behind, roughly, will be Davey Allison, pending the final numbers from NASCAR timing and scoring. I don't think there's any argument either that the Goodies Headache Award, voted on by the members of the media in attendance here this weekend, has gone to Davey Allison. What with him being caught up in the accident of earlier today, rendering his Winston Cup championship hopes asunder. So the Hooters 500 Goodies Headache Award going to Davey Allison. He'll take home the $1,000. Right now, ensconced by some 1,000 or so members of the news media and well-wishers, Alan Kulwicki is driving into or climbing into the safety car for a trip around the racetrack. Also at the same time, the STP Pontiac is out on the speedway making another ceremonial lap. What they are doing now is utilizing all of those extra checkered flags that we told you about earlier. One flag will go to... One flag will go to the speedway here, and a third checkered flag will be auctioned off to benefit the children of the late Clifford Allison. So a lot of ceremony here today, 
A lot of winners actually were all winners, those who had the pleasure to attend, to listen, to watch, and be part of this season and this afternoon. It was kind of like a heavyweight championship bout when two men went head-to-head to try and settle it among themselves. Well, today it was three men going head-to-head for the championship. It came down to a slugfest between the final two, and it was Bill Elliott who wins the race but Alan Kowicki, who wins the 1992 NASCAR Winston Cup Championship. Let's check in with Jim Phillips, who is somewhere in the middle of that mob of people. Kind of looks like Times Square on New Year's Eve down there, Jim. Well, it really is. Alan sitting on the back of the car here. He's got a lot of attention down here. Alan, you've come a long way in the last two years to win a championship. Yeah, I'm really, I'm really proud of everything we've accomplished and really proud of the team. They've done a great job, and, you know, I've... You know, the ultimate goal is, you know, the goal is to win races. The ultimate goal is to win the championship. And the ultimate satisfaction is if you can do it on your own. And, uh, you know, I guess the ultimate satisfaction would have been to beat Junior's car. You know, I mean, I've just tried to take a real low-key approach. And they ran good. It was a hell of a battle for the race. And, you know, congratulate them on a good season. But we're awful pleased to win this championship. It's something... Nobody can ever take away from you. Uh, I'm just really, really pleased. And I just thank God for the good fortune to, to be here and to be competing in NASCAR. This is the best place in motorsports. And really count my blessings today. Well, you had a little handicap today. You had to come out of the pits the second gear. Did that hurt you a little bit? Yeah, we lost first gear on the first pit stop again today. And that hurt me all day long. And, you know, on the last pit stop, we were about a second and a half ahead of them. You know, I knew I'd led the most laps. I knew that, you know, he couldn't beat me for the championship unless we screwed up. I was probably a little conservative, and the, the, the transmission hurt us getting out of the pits. We were slow getting out, and you know, he probably gambled a little. He got ahead. He won the race, and at that point, I could I knew where I was. I could see he's three seconds ahead, and the championship is what was most important. But on the racetrack today, your car looked flawless. It was great. It handled good. I mean, the engine was super good. Um, our fuel mileage was pretty good, and the handling was, you know, about as good as anyone's out there. You had uh, something in the right side door, a hole or something. What, how'd that happen? I don't know. I was just driving a car. I have no idea. They probably didn't tell me and probably think I didn't need to know. About close calls out there today. Oh, the first lap of the race, I'll tell you. That was, that was really, I thought, this is it. Here it goes. But, uh, you know, I said before, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be, and you know, Jake Elder nicknamed me Slider years ago because I'd, I'd never be the fastest in practice, but I'd come along and slide in there and knock him off the pole. And I guess maybe now will call me Super Slider because this is the ultimate slide job to get in here and win the championship. Well, last year you were didn't have anything on the quarter panels, and you picked up the Hooters restaurant chain. That had to mean a lot to you. Well, it has. You know, they, they've been a really good sponsor. This has turned out to be a bigger, better deal than I ever thought it could be, and you know, I have to thank them and uh, naturally fresh salad dressings, uh, classic mixers, Ford Motor Company, and uh, I'm telling you, this is this is just great. It, it couldn't be, and the only thing that could have been any better would have been if we won a race. I mean, you know, to lead the most laps and win the race in a championship would have. Uh, it just doesn't get much better than this, but. Uh, you know, we did the smart thing. I knew what I had to do at the end, and I didn't want to get caught speeding on pit road or take any unnecessary chances, and uh, it would have been foolish to lose it that way. You know, Congratulations, yeah. and I know you'll make a good champion. Thank you. I'll, you know, I'll do my best. Uh, you know, the fans are really important uh, to NASCAR racing, and 
it's hard to be every, all things to all people all the time, but I'm going to do my best to accommodate as many of them as possible. And, uh, you know, I haven't forgotten where I came from. I'm, I'm, I was just the underdog coming into this today, and uh, I don't think it's going to go to my head or anything. 37-year-old Alan Kowicki from Greenfield, Wisconsin, the 1992 Winston Cup champion. We'll be right back to chat with Richard Petty. Friday night, December 4th, NASCAR's award night from the Waldorf Astoria Grand Ballroom. Live coverage from New York begins at 8 p.m. Eastern on MRN Radio. As soon as we come back, we'll join Barney Hall as he is riding now in an open-air convertible with the king of stock car racing, Richard Petty. Their thoughts in a moment from the Atlanta Motor Speedway. This is MRN Radio. Maybe one of the toughest things today for both Richard Petty and Barney Hall has been to hang on as they take a convertible ride through the 24-degree banking of the Atlanta Motor Speedway. They have now flattened out onto the back stretch. And, uh, Barney, why don't you spend some time with a man who you've watched over these great many years? I tell you, he's enjoying every minute of this, yelling to all the fans. Richard, I know it's all over. It's just hard to give up something you love this much, isn't it? Yeah, it is, Barney. Uh, you know, it just... You know, not only for me, I think is for the crew and the, and the family and all that. We just had to give it up one of these days. And it's very emotional right now. You know, all these people, the race is over. Nobody's leaving. You know, they want to see you one more time. And, you know, of course, we today we had a lot of going. We had a winner of a race, a winner of a championship, and then I'm saying adios. So it's been a pretty exciting day for a lot of people. I was sitting in the tower doing the broadcast wondering how many memories about races you've run over the years at this speedway. Like they say, your whole life flashes before you as you're leaving this world. I guess your whole career flashed in front of you here today. Well, you know, I guess some of it did, you know, but the good parts did and the bad parts too, I guess. But the big deal is that the bad parts can be passed because the fans have always been behind us. And, uh, you know, when you do have bad times, they always say, hey, you know, suck it up and do it again next week. And uh, that makes us keep coming back. Well, we're not going to lose you as a driver, but certainly as a car owner, you'll, you'll be visible right along. You're going to stay how long? Forever? Well, yeah, probably as long as Linda will let me go. I talked to him 35 years as being a driver, so probably at least 35 years as a car owner. <laughs> Richard Petty, Linda's riding along with us. We'll get a quick word with her. I was watching you over there a minute ago. So this is a sad day and a glad day. I'm sure it is. You're right, Barney. It is. It's, uh, it's probably I'm the one that's the happiest. I think uh, the girls are, are, are pretty emotional about today. And, uh, and I think there's been a tear in my eye, too, because uh, I know this man's given up the thing that he's loved all his life. And, uh, and, and that's sad sad to me because of of what he's given up richard one more question and we'll let you go because i know you want to let the fans enjoy this next year i know what's it going to what have you even thought about what it's going to feel like not to be in a car when they crank them up for the daytona 500 i've been trying not to think about it barney uh, i'll just have to accept that when it happens uh, so far uh, everything else has been going on and i hadn't got around to being the car owner yet that that starts monday morning and uh, then we'll We'll just have to make adjustments according to what it'll be. Richard Petty riding around for the final time here at Atlanta. His fans, I, you just can't believe being this close to it out here, Eli, in the tower up there, seeing the reaction, the expression on these people's faces. It is so overwhelming. You just have to absolutely be out here to see the reaction. Well, we'll go we back can, to you. We can hear the cheering in the background as Richard Petty makes that final lap with Barney Hall alongside, as has been the case for some 30, 35 years, as both of those fine gentlemen have made this uh, very much a better sport. Now to the garage area. Some 
some of the younger, newer generation of drivers who've had some great runs today, including Jimmy Spencer coming home in fourth spot, who's patiently been waiting to chat with us. Fellas? Tell you, this is getting to be a habit, Jimmy, one with which I'm sure you'd like to, uh, to continue on in the next year. Good fourth place finish for you. Congratulations. I'll tell you something, Winston. You know, uh, started this year out real bad for me. Uh, didn't make the Daytona 500. And then to finish up Atlanta driving for Bobby Allison Motorsports and uh, you know, the best is mine that came off for Tic Tac Ford. I just I can't say enough. You know, we had three top five finishes, 11th. And, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to next year. And uh, we're working for, looking for a big sponsor. Hopefully we'll get one. Uh, we're going to persevere all, all, uh, all we can, I guess. I guess ke- tip my hat to Keith and the guys in the engine department do a great job. Jimmy and the pit crew do an excellent job in the pit stops. Uh, congratulations, Alan Kowicki. Uh, you know, congratulations to uh, Bill for winning the race. And thanks, Richard, for all the memories. I tell you, with uh, little starry eyes here, Jimmy and myself thinking about Richard Petty's last race, but with a fourth, 11th, a fifth, and a fourth in four outings for the Ray Bestis car, then uh, it's a good, good season for Jimmy Spencer. Now let's go for a final thought to Dick Brooks. Well, we got uh, Terry Labonte, the fifth-place finisher here today. Terry, you and uh, Billy Hagan just kind of keep getting better as a, as the year went on here, and you ended up with a good race today, but you had a pretty close call, you said, right at the end, or, or there in the middle anyway. Well, we did, you know, when Ernie got sideways there uh, he came down and caught me in the right rear and i thought it was uh i thought that was going to end our day right there and we had to come in and uh pull the quarter panel off the tire and all but uh, it was a good run for us and uh you know we're tickled to uh finish in the in the top five and finish in the top 10 of the points again so it's it was a struggle about halfway through the year but uh, all the guys on the team just did a great job everybody going to stay together about the same way as it is team stay about the same got a new sponsor something like that yeah you know next year kellogg's is going to be our sponsor we're going to run all chevrolets uh most of the team members are, are going to stay there, as far as I know. All of them are, really. Uh, so we're excited about it. You know, I think we've got some good things ahead. Well, that's Terry Labonte. He had a good place finish today, in fifth place, and uh, had a pretty good run the last half of the season here. So they may be a big threat next year. And he'll come home eighth in Winston Cup points this year. Here's the final rundown quickly. Bill Elliott wins the race. Alan Kulwicki second. Jeff Bodine finishes third. Fourth is Jimmy Spencer. Terry Labonte fifth. And Rusty Wallace sixth. Seventh place today goes to Sterling Marlin. Eighth now will be Jimmy Hensley. Ninth, Ted Musgrave. Tenth belongs to Dale Jarrett. Eleventh is Morgan Shepard. Bobby Hamilton twelfth. Thirteenth is Harry Gant. Fourteenth, Michael Waltrip. Fifteenth, Derek Cope. Kyle Petty comes home in sixteenth. Seventeenth is Chad Little. Late Speed will finish 18th, 19th Eddie Beerswall, and 20th today will go to Mike Wallace, 21st Jimmy Means, 22nd Dave Marcus, Darrell Walter, 23rd, 24th spot going to Jimmy Horton, Ricky Rudd finishes 25th, 26th is Dale Earnhardt, Davey Allison comes home in 27th spot and takes with that third place in the Winston Cup points, 28th will be Rick Mass, 29th Ernie Irvin, and 30th Bobby Hillen, 31st today is Jeff Gordon, 32nd Mark Martin, home in 33rd is Bob Schacht, 34th Rich Bickle, Richard Petty finishes in 35th, 36th will be Ken Schrader, 37th spot today will be Dick Trickle. Wally Dallenbach finishes in 38th. Stanley Smith 39th. Brett Bodine 40th. And 41st will be Hutch Strickland. Again, the Winston Cup points won by Alan Kulwicki by 10 
over Bill Elliott and by 63 over Davey Allison. Remember, our next MRN broadcast will be Friday night, December the 4th, as we join you from the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in New York, the road to the Winston Cup, honoring Winston Cup champion Alan Colwicky. And we do want to remind you as well that throughout this offseason, Alan Bestwick will be along every day, Monday through Friday, with NASCAR Today, our daily news program, and we'll join you as always on Tuesday nights. We'll open up the phone lines at 7 o'clock Eastern Time for NASCAR Live with Alan Kulwicki to join us this Tuesday evening. Tonight, we'd like to take a moment here to thank all the folks who have made these broadcasts so very easy to work over the year. On the scoring loop throughout the season, Martha Oliver, Sherry Smith, Judy Robinson, and Patsy Herman. Our production assistant in the booth helping on statistics, Lenny Thatcher. Paul Horvath and his family have been invaluable in their help, along with Tim and Sherry Taylor, Jim Norton, our own Alabama gang of one, Thomas Hughes and his friends, Harlan Hoover and Don Maxey, Quincy Brown and all the people at IDB, our satellite communications company, those folks who oftentimes don't get their name mentioned, but trust me, folks, they are very much a part of what I am proud to call one of the very best broadcast crews in all of America. Glad you've been able to join us today and all season long. Our thanks to Joe Moore and Alan Bestwick, who covered the action in the turns this afternoon. Dick Brooks, Jim Phillips, and Winston Kelly were on pit road. For Barney Hall, I'm Eli Gold. Hope you can spend the off-season with us as we talk racing with you throughout the months leading up to Speed Weeks 93. Our congratulations today to Bill Elliott, winner of the Hooters 500, and Alan Kulwicki, in who is seventh year as a Winston Cup driver, takes home his first-ever Winston Cup championship. From Atlanta, Georgia, have a great off-season. We'll talk to you soon. So long, everyone. MRN Radio. Coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series has come to you from the Atlanta Motor Speedway and sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. Pontiac, we are driving excitement by True Value Hardware Stores. Got a tough job to do? You can do it with True Value by TransSouth Financial Services. TransSouth for the right loan right now by Smooth Bush Beer and Easy Drinking Bush Light by Unical and your local 76 dealers who invite you to go with the spirit of 76 by Food Lion, America's fastest growing supermarket by Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR by STP oil treatment, gas treatment, fuel injector cleaner, and son of a gun protectant by Gatorade sports drink for that deep down body thirst by Planners Nuts, eat planners, everybody loves a racing nut, and by the Bunker Hill line of canned meats, flat out better than the rest. The executive producer of MRN Radio is John McMullen, associate producer. Alan Bestwick, engineers Harry Howard and Vince Marzello, affiliate relations Clay Stalka and David Hyatt, assistant Cheryl Knight, Stephanie Ellis, Sandy Good, and Clark Moore. This is Rick Lewis. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation. This week's MRN Classic Race has been brought to you by Hercules Tires.